radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Deonay. Deonay going for a skate around the net. Still. Clipbox scores! A clip bomb ties the game. Monday, January 11th, 2021. It's a new season. A new start of the season, I should say. The The NHL season is starting for Laced Up, a hockey podcast. And uh, I'm still James Cole. Yeah. Is it starting, though? Well, we got, what, three days? Yeah. They say they are. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm uh, Brutes Pataglia. Mr. Positivity. A ray of sunshine. A ray of sunshine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. Is this going to happen? Yeah. You think so? It's going to happen. All right. I think, I think like if, whatever the equivalent is of like our NFL uh, cousin podcast is, they're probably saying the same thing and and they got going and it probably wasn't the best decision either. It was a disaster, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about the uh, the new season, what we think is gonna happen, what we think is not gonna happen, um, all of that in a bit. But first, obviously, the big news, the pressing issue, everybody wants to know how we feel about uh, the United States finally, finally becoming a hockey country. Oh. By celebrating their win with a massive riot uh, down in the states, uh, so okay. you, usually, so that oh, wow. usually they're close. Wow. Usually, you know, they're 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 doing well. They're trying. They're they're still learning as a nation. But um, you're supposed to riot when you lose. Just you know, when you win, it it's all good times. When you know, when you lose, that's Vancouver, you know, M- M- Montreal, but. I digress. They're here. Uh, they're powerful. They look. They look great. The World Junior Championships, the gold medal game, two nothing, USA. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on the game? Uh, I thought it was a good game. Honestly, uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. it. It did sort of seem, basically, after the first seven or eight minutes, that Canada was a step behind them. But I still thought. Um, that overall it was a good game. It was one of those games where you're kind of wondering if Canada was going to break through or not, and they just never really did. I thought the USA played six, well, 52 minutes of near-perfect hockey. Um, they weathered the storm at the at the start, which is what you know everyone said they were going to have to do. Like if if they're going to be playing from behind against Canada, they're fucked. And they uh, Canada came out early and had a few really good chances, and they didn't bury and. Uh, eventually USA kind of took over and, and it was the first example that we had seen of that in the tournament. Um, but it came at the wrong time for Canada. So, 
I, I, I thought they deserved it. I was surprised to see them there, and I was surprised to see them do that. I didn't really think of uh, Nate Lehman as, as, you know, the guy that was going to be able to get them to that point, but all credit to him and credit to the USA because they played very, very well. Now, yeah, yeah you, you nailed it. Like, the the weathering the storm, the idea of, of not trying to go goal for goal with Canada, I think was the big goal of the U.S. Uh, with this gold medal game. Um, obviously, that, that second goal they got when they went up 2-0, bit of a fluke, bit of a funny bounce behind the net. But, you know, that being said, even if it was a one nothing game the whole way, Spencer Knight, uh, just on another level uh, throughout that gold medal game, uh, held the U.S. in it. There was a lot of close calls. There were a lot of, you know, saves that I think... I, I won't call them lucky because, honestly, I think there was a lot of skill that went into uh, the the game that Spencer and I had, but um, there, there were definitely, like, it's not like Canada didn't show up, right? They weren't just taking no. 20 shots in the perimeter no, and Spencer and I was turning away these duds of, you know, opportunities. Like, he had to make some pretty big saves. I mean, it's the one sort of drawback from when everybody gets involved in a sporting event is you do have people that... Uh, don't know a lot about a sport, giving their opinions and um, thinking that because they watched the tournament for a week that they know exactly what was happening. And so that's kind of the one drawback of this tournament is when Canada doesn't win, how is the reaction to it? And I do think that there was a little less of it than most years of people being like, oh, fuck, they choked or they laid an egg or whatever. Like, no, they, they should have won this year. Uh, going into it, they had a team that uh, I thought was head and shoulders above the rest of the teams. And they had guys on their roster that just didn't pull their weight. And that's fine. You know, it's it's not easy to win. It's not easy. It's not an easy tournament. Um, but there wasn't as much criticism about this team once it was over as I find there is most years. Uh, people were actually able to keep their emotions in check and things like that. So that was kind of nice because uh, you're right, like, you know, I, I wasn't really ready for that narrative of the Canada team didn't show up. Like, they showed up for the whole tournament, played their hearts out. When you're getting out-possessed in a hockey team, in a hockey game, it looks like you're not trying. That's how it looks. And so, I mean, you could have made that argument about Canada, but that's not the case. If anything, I thought Canada looked uh, panicked. About halfway through the game, they, they had a sense of urgency, but they, they weren't smart with their possessions. They weren't, uh, they were just making a lot of bad choices, and um, that's fine. But the notion that, you know, they didn't show up or they were asleep for that game, I, I don't I don't really agree with that. You know? Yeah. Not the that's what you're saying, but I just mean, like, people who out there, you know, every year you get that, the casual fan, every time, it's they choke, they didn't show up, all that shit. And they certainly have done that some years. They've certainly shown up and... And played like shit, you know, the Nugent Hopkins team. But that's not the case with this group. They they worked their ass off and they just ran into a team that had a better game plan than they had for, for the U.S. And they were able to execute their game plan. Mm-hmm. Because if, like I said, if Canada goes up one nothing, 2 nothing early in that game, that is a fucking very different result. That's a 5-2 Canada win kind of thing. Like, USA was not going to be the team... Uh, if they were going to play from behind, they were going to battle back. If any team was going to do it, it was Canada, and they didn't do it. And USA won the game that they rightfully should have won. 
Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting that they came close to not even making the gold medal game. I, I, I know we, we talked last, it was prior to the semifinal game where uh, the U.S. was playing the Finns, and that that game came like down to the last minute 15 or so. When Whenever uh, I think the U.S. scored, but a, a minute 07 was left in the game, I'm not going to call it a lucky shot, but it was it was definitely not like a uh, a play that you were watching unfold. Going, yeah, here comes the U.S. They're going to score. It was a shot, kind of took everyone by surprise, and then all of a sudden, you know, the U.S. knock off the Finns. That was a that was a tight game. That was the kind of game I was expecting between Canada and the U.S. Where you're trading goals. There there is a late you know surge. Yeah. You know, and and that just never seemed to develop with the uh, the Canada U.S. gold medal game. Whereas you look at that that semifinal that Canada played against Russia, and and you know I I had Russia maybe a little higher than most. Uh, I, I thought they looked really good through the preliminary round. Um, aside from their their game against the Czechs, there they seemed to take the, their their foot off the pedal. But I thought they were a, a really dangerous team, like well positioned to do some damage. And and they go into that game and and they lose five nothing to Canada. And like yeah. you look at that score sheet, yeah, they got murdered. And that is like that's almost the you you can look at that game from the Russian perspective and go, we shouldn't have lost five nothing. Just the same as Canada can look at the gold medal game and say we shouldn't have lost two nothing to the states. But you know Canada showed up for that game. They 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 proved everybody that they were a legitimate team. Anybody that like myself included that said that they looked a little sluggish through the round robin, that totally flipped the page. Um, uh, as far as anyone that that had that perspective on this team, and then that gold medal game, they come out and they just they just couldn't get it done for whatever reason. Um, I think it's one game out of what uh, four, uh, six, seven games that they played. One game that didn't go their way. Canada. And, yeah, and that's just yeah. that's just how it went. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, and that's that's what I mean, right? Is that whole thing comes down? I can't. That game came down to that first goal. And I do wonder if they played three, if a best of three, if Canada doesn't win two of the three. But that's not that's not the point, exactly, right? It's, yeah. it's USA the, won the game that they needed to win. Canada didn't. That's the simple the as US that. had their flat game on game one. Canada yeah. happened to have their flat game on game seven. Like that's just kind of the way it went. Yeah. I'm not trying to take anything away from the US because no. I think that they really they had a good tournament. They're a bit of an underdog in that sense, but like they played well. They're their guys showed up. Well, and that's that's why you see it often, though, where the team that wins the gold medal lost a game in the tournament. Like, that's yeah. just a common thing, right? Like, it, it's... I don't know for sure, but I would imagine it's it's just as, if not less common for a 4-0 team to win the gold medal than a 3-1 team. Because the years that we've seen Finland do it, when the fuck has Finland ever come in as the favorite and actually won? Probably never. I can't remember a year Finland ever was the favorite other than maybe the year with Puligarvi and Laine but even then they weren't I don't think they were the favorite they weren't the anyway, favorite yeah, it was just like wow they got group, some good players but, right yeah not the tournament so yeah I don't I don't I, I, I think that that's part of why you see Finland succeed is because this like a group goes through adversity at some point in the round robin and then they uh, and then they're able to push forward in the in the playoff games right and and you know, it's maybe partly the reason why we haven't seen Sweden succeed in so long is because they don't ever face adversity until they yeah. lose the fucking big game and then their tournament is over. I, I remember, I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast per se, but I remember thinking, I talked to my girlfriend about this prior to the game. I said, 
you know, I kind of hope Canada loses this New Year's Eve game to Finland because I, I almost thought like then that they needed that, like they needed to lose to Finland after walking over Germany, after you know walking over the Slovaks or or whatever else it was. Like they just looked so good, but yet so complacent. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna win. We expect to win, and and that that Finland game like. They played a great game. I'm like, they totally controlled the entire pace of that New Year's Eve game, um, and and they came out on top four to one. And that was the first time that they really had a test in the Finnish group. But I walked away saying, you know, great. They played a game. They they took a step. You know, they they had to face a little bit of adversity, and 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 they played well. And and this was the first real time that they had an opponent that was on their level. But I still kind of wondered if they lost how would that you know push them moving forward and mm-hmm. and you'll never know you know it, it's all hearsay from this point on like yeah um it is what it is it's over the u.s have won um i, I think it was well deserved they played a hell of a hockey game and uh it, it's good like i i don't miss the days where we went into every every world juniors thinking like yeah i know canada like oh how many is it going to take for them to, to win this year? You know what I mean? Like it was a, a, a run of years there where it just wasn't really fun to watch from a hockey fan perspective. If you're a Canadian, yeah, you're probably having a good time, but you know, how much fun are you really having by gold medal number five, you know, in, in, in five years. So oh, I, I had fun at five. That, that's fair. <laughs> you were in the building. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed five, but in any case, like I, I I'm, I'm glad to see, that after all the talk about oh, we gotta you know shorten the size of the tournament and uh, bring it down to eight, like that's someone that wasn't predicted to be a, a absolute juggernaut of a team uh, uh, won the gold and uh, you know Canada walked away with silver. I, I can live with that. So, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like we've lost focus on what the sport of the tournament actually is. Is the it's a fucking hockey tournament. Hockey's not predictable. If you find it predictable, don't watch it. I don't think it really is, though. You know? Unless you're in the North Division this year, which we'll get to in a second, I guess. Oh, but, yeah, for sure. Uh, before we do, a <laughs> um, oh, yeah. couple uh, pieces of uh, housekeeping to take care of. Corey Crawford housekeeping. Uh, calls it a career. A bit of a, a interesting development, kind of... Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone really saw it coming. Uh, in any case, uh, the 13-year initial vet is going to call it a career before he even steps on the ice with his second team, the New Jersey Devils, that did sign him during the offseason. Uh, he gets two cups out of the deal and two Jennings and a 2011 uh, All-Rookie All-Star Team nomination. Um, obviously, we, we don't know what... The situation here is with, uh, with with Crawford is we we you know uh, there's a lot of talk about is it injury related is it you know is it is it personal related there's even some people talking about COVID stuff like it's it's totally up in the air as as it stands but w- without knowing really what the the end result is in terms of why he's walking away uh, how did you feel about this guy like during his career as a goaltender in the NHL like. Know. Like how how did this guy differ himself from the rest? Obviously, he had some success. Was was he the reason the Blackhawks had some cup championships, or was he just a product of you know like the Grant Fuhrer? I just happened to be on a good team. 
Yeah, I mean, like, that was my initial thought with him for years, but, I mean, he had a lot of good years when the team was bad. Hmm. So, like, it kind of sort of shifted the way that I've looked at him since then. Um, I mean, like, the... the it's the whole thing with, with Crawford. Like, goalies are so hard to evaluate because I've always found watching him play in the net uh, that he's incredibly shaky, that he uh, has very, very weird technique, if if any, in some situations. Uh, but he's a 918 goalie over 488 games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. So... Is a lot of his success the product of playing on the Blackhawks when they were, you know, the best team in the league? I'm sure some of it is, but it's hard for you to argue that he's actually a 905 goalie when over 480 games he was a 918 goalie. Like, you know, he genuinely is probably one of the best goalies of his era, uh, even though I don't quite understand his, his methods of keeping the puck out. I mean... Like, you know, you, you could even make say the same thing about Hashik and, uh, like, a lot of other guys that maybe weren't the most technically sound goalie that were able to keep the puck out and able to have long careers. And, I don't know, Crawford got it done. But but would he have been the guy? Like, I wouldn't have even put him in that situation in the first place. So I give the Blackhawks credit for that. Because if I had called that kid up and, you know, he, he got lit up the first few times he was in the NHL, uh, I wouldn't have thought to, to keep him up much longer like mm-hmm. you know he, he didn't look like he was a great goalie but he he won stanley cups and and was a big part of those teams so uh yeah i i, I mean he's probably not going to get enough respect even on his you know numbers alone uh as one of the best goalies of the 2010s but he probably was like even last year he was pretty good yeah well and that, and i think that's what the new jersey devils like saw in him when they signed him uh, was a guy that had some struggles, but kind of also proved that you know I'm I'm still here. I'm a little older. I've I've had some adversity, but I can still contribute. And I that was a Blackhawks team that was real bad last year. So there was a bit of promise um, moving forward. But like even still, to your point, like this is a guy who was like worst season statistically from a goalie perspective, still resulted in a 30 win season. Um, with the Blackhawks and then you go back even further and he, he plays one year uh, sorry one game the year that they win the cup in 2010 one game as a 25 year old goaltender you play one game you're thinking you know is my career over like am I just an AHL guy at this point the Jordan Binnington situation yeah you know. like are you actually going to get an yeah. opportunity yeah they win the cup obviously the cap problems come in and uh, Anthony Emi gets flipped to San Jose and it's what do we do? Well, we're going to call up this kid we have. And he has a hell of a first season. You know, uh, how he didn't win the, the Calder. I'm not going to be honest. That that probably should have been a Calder win for Corey Crawford in 2011. Who won it that year? I can look that up in two GIFs here. Oh, it was actually uh, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, wow. Jeff Skinner. Okay. Yeah. Which was like, yeah, maybe, I guess. Like, 40 goals speaks a lot for a rookie, but... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's hard to take it away with, from him for sure. With with the power of hindsight, like uh, probably yeah. That, well, that's the thing, right? I guess. But like you know, even still, like just a, a absolutely brilliant season coming in in a situation where you're the defending Stanley Cup champions. 
you just lost your starting goaltender. Uh, here's the reins. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he did a hell of a job. And then, obviously, the two cups that come later, he gets in some, some injury trouble. Um, I don't know. I, I never... I never loved him. I never hated him. I always thought he was a good goalie in a really good system that did enough to win. You know, mm-hmm. n- never the like like I alluded to. He was never the Grant Fuhrer that was just the guy that you know. I hope I stop enough pucks that you know my team can put enough in the other net kind of thing. Like he legitimately was pretty good for a few years there. He also happened to be on the team that won the cup. Like mm-hmm. just one of those things. So. Um, obviously we hope this is not something that's going to, uh, you know, affect him long-term, whatever the reason is that he retired. Um, you know, we, we do wish him the best moving forward. Yeah. Uh, He's always seemed like a good dude. That's one thing I've always Uh, liked about him. Down to earth and, uh, really giving, uh, into the community and, and, and all that. So, uh, just, just, just turned 36 about, uh, less than two weeks ago. So, a lot of life ahead of him, and I, I hope he finds his stride and maybe has a, a role in, in hockey down the road. But uh, yeah. for now, Corey Crawford leaves the NHL after 13 years he gave us in 2021. Oliver Brookstrand has a new contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets, which I'm going to pull up right fucking now because I did not have that <laughs> ready to go. Um, but uh, obviously, like... Um, we had all the talk about uh, Dubois and uh, how that contract was going to shake down. No one was really talking about this guy. Oliver Bjorkstrand signs a uh, one, two, three, four, five, five year contract at $5.4 million at, at a cap hit. Um, this is a guy that I, I, I really like. Uh, as you know, I like the Danes. I, I love my Danish, yeah. Danish hockey players. <laughs> but oh, uh, <laughs> You don't say... <laughs> But he, no, honestly, he's had a few really solid seasons, and uh, I think if Columbus is going to have any degree of success moving forward, he's going to be a guy that's going to have to be involved in one way or the other, especially if, like we said, Dubois is uh, uh, leaving or yeah. taken off in any respect. Yeah, who knows? So they they get the, uh, the deal done with him. Um, what, what, what is this guy? Like, obviously, we talked about the... The cap at 5.4. I think that's a really good value for this guy, in, in my opinion. The no trade call, uh, clause, obviously, there's a bit of a, uh, you know, you know, you never want to say for sure that I'm, you know, going to hitch my wagon to this fucking guy for the next six years. But obviously, the the Blue Jack is going to do that. Um, is this a good contract? Is it just a fair contract, or is it maybe not the best? solution moving forward the numbers don't really make it look like a great deal right i mean it's five and a half million dollars for a guy who uh has had just over 20 goals twice and has uh 40 or more points once and you know when you look at it that way like it doesn't really sound that good but you know i i think most people are familiar enough with bjorkstrand uh at this point to know that you know he's been a high-end prospect in their system for a while that is just kind of finally getting to uh, where they want him to be at, um, he's 25. Like he's not, he's not young, but he's not old. I, I think it's a good deal because you're paying, you know, probably market value uh, for what is going to be his prime. You would think. The difficult thing for Bjorkstrand is if that, you know, like you alluded to, if Dubois is gone, I don't know who his centerman is long term. Like he doesn't know either. 
Um, but it was important for Columbus to get this deal done uh, because he's not a, a guy that you want to let walk, um, you know, or have to trade or or whatever. So um, I think it's a I think it's a good hit. I do like the deal, but he is one of those guys where you know it. Maybe you're looking back on it and. Not to say that that's where this guy is headed for sure, but, you know, like a Clayton Keller where you're paying without the results yet and now you're kind of looking back on it and being like, well, did we just pay $7 million for a guy that, you know, maybe isn't worth that? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, this deal obviously, obviously doesn't kick in until next season. He's got one year left this year at $2.5 million, uh, on the cap hit. So clearly the Jackets are kind of hoping something's going to bounce the right way for him. And uh, he'll find his stride and uh, move into this new contract with some momentum. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I love the guy. Like, I, I think he's had a bit of a rough go in Columbus. Obviously, it took him a couple years to get his footing uh, in the lineup. And then once he did, um, yeah, you got to deal with fucking John Tortorella. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's a good coach. I just don't know. If he's a young guy's coach, if he's going to really res, you know respond well um, to that type of guy, but like last year, thirty six points, forty nine games, he was on pace. If he yeah. stays healthy, like he was doing. No, I, I mean, yeah, you, well. you can definitely call it a, a breakout year. Like I, I mean, I had him in fantasy hockey. I was a pretty big fan of his for sure. Yeah, but um, you know, is there is there more to give? Is last year maybe the high end of what he's got? <clears throat> You know, you have to ask that. Definitely. Uh, Dave Randorf is leaving... Fuck my guy. ...to be the play-by-play guy with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you enjoy him more than I do, so... Okay. Um, you're obviously going to miss him, uh, and, um, you know, I, like, is, is he... Is he suited for play-by-play with one franchise, or is he more of a, a national broadcast guy? Like, I'll, I'll let you speak to that because well, he's another guy where, um, like, the sound of his voice, like he was born to do what he's doing for sure. Like he's born to be a play-by-play guy in sports. There's no question about it. Um, he does a great job at exciting moments. He gets amped up. But he's also fairly even keeled for most of the game. It's uh, he's one that I can tell he learned a lot of his tricks from Bob Cole, because um, mm-hmm. I think he's got a very very good knack for a big moment, just kind of knowing how to how to call it. I mean, you know, he, he's he's been an instrumental part for Hockey Night in Canada since they got the TV deal. He's been kind of their you know number two, number three guy doing the West games. It called Connor McDavid's first playoff goal. Um, you know, um, Tavares overtime goal in New York, Bedlam in Brooklyn. Like he, he's had a lot of a really good moments for Hockey Night in Canada. I know this was never going to happen, but he's a better play-by-play guy than Jim Houston. There's that's not even close. Um, but it was one of those things like they they didn't renew his contract, and I guess I can understand why. I mean, they just got Chris Cuthbert. They're married to Jim Houston, and. John Bartlett is probably going to cost them less money. So, you know what I mean? Like, and John Bartlett's pretty good too. So, like, should they have let Bartlett walk? Eh, probably not. But Mm -hmm. I think Dave Randorf's really good. He's uh, um, 
called a lot of different types of hockey, so I think he's very, very suited to go down and do the thing in Tampa Bay, and uh, they're they're fucking lucky, I think. And and that's fair. Like I'm probably gonna watch more Tampa Bay games this year than I normally would have. Wow, considering that team is no longer in your favorite team's division, that's uh, a bold take. But uh, uh, I, I I took all their players in fantasy hockey tonight, so. Okay. Yeah, I took like three or four lightning. Do you watch your fantasy players? Um, uh, goalies, yeah, goalies for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I I used to watch John Gibson all the fucking time when he started. I I would I would watch Anaheim Ducks games, huh. and it was infuriating because that team was terrible <laughs> at the time. I I, I I couldn't give a shit. Like I, no. I I draft them, and you know what, James? It's it's something that uh, stems from fantasy football. So I think that, you know, maybe if you, if you had, you know what I mean? More of an, an extensive background playing fantasy football, it's probably something that would, you would do more often, but like, that's the whole, that's the whole point of watching football is to watch your fantasy team. Yeah. Right. Wait, you, you're telling me that people actually cheer for teams in football and like there's fan bases and stuff. Come on, give me a break. Also, all these guys wearing Browns jerseys have just fucking owned fucking baker mayfield and fantasy football for a couple years and now they're and speaking of the browns this week's podcast uh, sponsor um no um wow sponsored by the cleveland browns yeah Ooh. um we got steelers colors as our logo so i i guess that brings us to like the season preview episode of, of, <laughs> oh you had nothing to say about or, dave randorf okay I, I don't know like i i told you I didn't love him didn't love him like I'm happy for him. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think he's like a shitty dude. He's just, a, oh, he's a beauty. I just didn't I know think that. he was like all that great at his job when he was with the CBC. So, like, hmm. you know, like if if this is gonna allow him to have a better career, then props. You know? Okay, like best to you. Props for sure. So, also, I'm very excited uh, looking at the Columbus Blue Jackets cap friendly page to find out that Miko Koivu plays there. Yeah, number yeah. nine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Didn't know that. Yeah, brother of Saku. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, 2021 NHL season, I'm refusing to call it the 2020-2021 season because uh, there's no fucking hockey games being played in 2020. So, uh, they're going to do it. This is the big news. The hot ticket, the the, the big, uh, you know. The hot tamale? Yeah, the hot tamale, that's what I was there going you go. for. There it is. Wednesday, January 13th, we got puck drop. So, mm, we'll see. Well, I mean, like, there's a couple teams that have COVID cases that maybe yeah, they don't seem too worried we about should it. have talked about. But the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, came out and said that they're not going to have fans in the building for the first little bit. So that's that's progressive enough, right? That's Who isn't? Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay, yeah. Well... Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I my favorite thing was the Dallas Stars releasing a a statement that like six players and three staff members or whatever tested positive for COVID like half an hour before releasing the statement that they're going to have fans in the building at a limited capacity. Like what? <laughs> yeah, you know, like a bunch of our players got COVID through no fault of their own, just because of the general public. It's hard to you know be part of the general public and not get COVID. Oh, by the way, we're also going to mix the general public in our stands. It's going to be good. Uh, it's it's going to be an absolute disaster. And, it's going to be good. And, and they shouldn't be playing this year, for the record. Um, no. 
we said the same thing last year when they were talking about coming back for the playoffs. I mean, I'm I'm more like I I don't really think that way anymore so much just because it's like I mean, like yeah, morally they shouldn't be playing, obviously, but I mean, I understand that, you know, business needs to still go on to some degree and not in the saying that I agree with that like completely, but I mean that is kind of the reality. And it's just the problem is that you know should they be bubbling this yeah probably and would that cause some of your star players to stay home yeah maybe but is that the right move for sure it is like you you shouldn't be traveling to all these other cities because if it's so easy to get it like the dallas stars are saying it is then how is this any fucking different than when you were traveling to training camp now you're going to be traveling to and from a bunch of other cities cool smart yeah, um, it's it's going to be an absolute disaster. It's going to be an absolute shit show. Uh, for the eighth time in NHL history, we are going to have a shortened season. How short it will be, we do not know yet. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Apparently, like that's what they say. Like uh, we don't get to make the fucking schedule. That's up to Glenn. So, Rick. Um, sorry, Rick. Yeah, Rick. Rick. Where did I get Glenn from? I don't know. You always call him Glenn, though. Do I? Yep. Uh, Rick Glenn is his name. Of the, that's, Rick Glenn, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's out there. We're going to do this thing. Uh, I don't I don't agree with it. You don't agree with it. But uh, if they're going to do it, we should probably talk about what we think is going to happen. And aside from every other... Oh, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch hockey this year. Well, what else are you going to do? Well, that's exactly it. Exactly. Yeah. I, do you know how bad I missed fantasy hockey? Ooh, like I, I, I did not. I, well, I didn't at first, but now that it's like getting going again, I'm like, yeah, should be good. Uh, okay. You know? Yeah, I hope you get your. You know, you IR just did a draft. Then. then, like, if you don't want to play, then don't. No, I, I, I picked, I picked twelve guys that I expect are going to miss a lot of time this year. So. Yeah, you just um, don't know which twelve those are yet. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so aside from every other team getting COVID cases. Uh, we're going to do our 2021 season predictions. We're going to go through each of the four newly crafted divisions that have fans new sponsorship names that we do not remember the name oh, of. Oh, right. That's uh, my favorite thing. Yeah, the Scotia North Center Division. No, the Scotia North... The Nova Scotia North Division and others, uh, as well as some uh, trendy award picks uh, to kick things off. Do you have a preference? What division do you like? Where, where do you want uh, to Let's start? do Canada last, I would say. Canada last. Uh, oh, are... sorry. North. Let's do the North Division last. The Scotia North Division last. That's okay. right. So the division... Has Is everyone... that what it's actually called? It's the Scotia North. Yeah, it's not why Scotia would, Bank. Why would... Yeah, like, that sounds stupid. It's... it's the province of Nova Scotia sponsoring... Wait, so you're telling me that the name of their, of their company is Scotia? It's not actually Scotia Bank because this doesn't advertise their bank. I don't know what the hell Scotia is. It's got the logo. I know what Scotia Bank is, but not well. Like the bank. Fuck, who memorizes logos? Maybe they own. I I literally just had to pull up the logos of the division to figure Columbia out who the fucking. Oh, I oh man, and it's just my favorite thing that this was something that people legitimately got mad about. Mm. The divisions. Could have been sponsored for 30 years, and I wouldn't... I honestly would not have fucking noticed. Like, I would have no idea. Like, there would be... They're, they're like, oh yeah, the divisions are going to have sponsor names now. And I, I legit was like, wait, they didn't always? Like, that just seems something that could make you more money. Like, why wouldn't you do it? 
you know, you don't have to call it the Honda division. You just call it the West division if that's what you want to do. It's sponsored by Honda, you know? Yeah, that I makes was sense. I was when I heard they were doing it though I was really disappointed that it wasn't the East Division brought to you by Axe Body Spray or something like that though that would have been fucking mint <laughs> just some, something hilarious you know what was the funny one I can't remember there like of the four there was one that Mass Mutual is kind of funny because uh, yeah. uh, I don't know what it is it's a bank oh I assumed but like I yeah. I don't know that you know it, I it sounds like a bank hmm. in Massachusetts right or is it is it through the states. I think it's throughout. I love when I listen to American podcasts and they always ask questions about Canada. And it's just like, do, do you guys get Hell's Kitchen up there? It's like, yeah, we get the same things you do. And then here I am not knowing, like, this is probably, like, a fucking massive bank there that I've never heard of. It's like TD for them. They don't know what that is. Is it? Okay. No, like, they're... Boston's Garden is, is named the TD, you know... Yeah, I've always thought that was weird. And they're just like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? RBC Center used to be Carolinas back in the day, like... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, is there, is yeah? I guess RBC is only in Canada, really. Eh? It's the Royal Bank of Canada, actually. So yeah, I, I would hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Eh? All right. Well, let's let's start out with what should be the easiest division to uh, kind of go through, uh, and that is the West Division. Brought to you by Honda. If you say so. Uh, <laughs> where do you have? In the West Division, the eighth. Well, who? Sorry, not where. Who is the eighth place team in the West Division? Brought to you by Honda. I'm not saying. That. James, there's nothing wrong with taking money from a sponsor and attaching it to your product, which leads me to my point. Have you got into the this news? Week's Honda sponsor, CRV. <laughs> this week's sponsor is Smoke and Mirrors Media, <laughs> presented by Honda. Present presented by Honda. I don't actually have the ad in front of me. I don't know where it, I don't know where it went. Located in the Bobby Metropolis. Yeah, I mean I can do that one <laughs> off, off my heart. But yeah, to to answer your question, who who do I have eighth in the West? Was that your question? That, yeah, that, that presented by Honda. Uh, San Jose. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Okay. I got the yeah. Kings. I I understand that that thought. I have the Kings seventh. Um. There's two reasons why I have San Jose last. The okay. first is that I actually do think that beyond their goaltending, that the Kings are kind of ready to start taking some steps forward, I think. Um, Byfield aside, like a lot of their Who won't prospects play. are ready to go. And um, like I just like the idea of Gabriel Villardi being your second line center. And if it's not, maybe it's Tyler Madden and... Uh, like, they have a lot of options for kids that I think are really ready to come in and give them a new look. Um, I think this is the first year where you're going to see Jeff Carter kind of be more of, like, a depth option. Um, I do I do think there, there actually is some bright spot for the Kings this season. I don't think that they're going to be um, bad, bad kind of thing. Um, I do think the Sharks are going to be bad, bad. The reason being is that I, I am of the mind that the bottom has fallen out on Brent Burns and that it is gone. Uh, it's floating into space. You're not getting that bottom back. So, uh, that's scary, considering he's going to play 26 minutes a night. Um, unless they're able to adapt to that. But I don't know if Hasso Plattner is going to sit up there and be like, well, I'm paying this guy $64 million over eight years. I want my fans to see him play. Why the fans don't want to see him play? He sucks now. Well, there's no fans so, in the building. You know what I mean. And they're not playing in San Jose. So, 
Yeah, that should be good. Yeah, and well, and honestly, that is another reason why I kind of had that thought is the fact that they are not playing at home. I don't think is going to help them very much, at least uh, to start. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in San Jose, but and you're going to hear this, you're going to hear me make this point a lot when we do these predictions. Uh, I do think that they are going to have one of the worst goaltending tandems in the NHL this year. So that is why I have them eighth. Okay. Uh, I think the Los Angeles Kings are going to come in 8th because they want to come in 8th because they want a high draft pick. And if they start showing the slightest hint of, you know, maybe being good or stringing together a couple wins, that, uh, you know what, maybe we'll just call up that third string goalie from the fucking taxi squad and toss him in net and see what happens. Uh, Look, like, the players don't... I don't, I don't think that they're going to have to worry about their goaltenders winning them too many games this year, James. Yeah, well, in any case, like, the players aren't going to tank. The coach isn't going to tank. So. Rob Blank uh, should tank this team into the fucking ground because... I mean, if they don't play any of their kids this year, which I think they will, their lineup isn't very good. Like, as it stands right now, I just, I think that... I think even if they eventually the kids, they're going to have to call good. up. Well, you're, you're going to play Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis eight times each this year. It don't matter if the kids are good or not. I like, think I, I think I want Tyler Madden playing games against Ryan O'Reilly though. Like sure. I, like I want you want that. that. If, if, you if, want that. You're, you're not going to win that matchup. Like um, as far as I'm concerned, if if you go into those games, those what is it, thirty six games. With those kids, that's good learning for them. That's what you want. But if they start showing that they can win and that they can produce, uh, yeah, pull the plug on them because that's not what you as the Los Angeles Kings want. Like, you want another high pick. Well, like, sure you do, but at some point at some point, you don't want a high pick. And it's not now. I do. Um, it's definitely not now. Well, I I mean, I would argue that they have the best prospect pool in the NHL. They definitely so I, do. I think that that's the difference is that... Add one more. You know, you, yeah, no, like, you can never have enough. It's an embarrassment of riches. And, I mean, it's one of those things, too. Like, even though I'm saying that, there's no guarantees that Tobias Bjornfoot turns out, that Sean Dursey turns out. Like, you know, they don't know for sure that all these guys are slam dunks. And, furthermore they're not all slam dunks. Some yeah. of them are not going to turn out for the simple purpose that um, there's so much competition within the organization. But my point is that if you wait to put some of these guys in too long, you're going to miss your window of opportunity of developing them as well. So I don't think you're... You obviously... Like, no team doesn't... Every team wants first overall pick every year. If you can find a way to do it, fucking do it. Top five. But, sure. like, I do think that they're at a point where... You know, they're going to look at some of these players and just be like, well, yeah, you're ready to go. Like, you know, we got to give you that opportunity. And I keep saying the name, so it's just easy to keep going back to it. Like, I think Tyler Madden is at that point now where he's 21. He's seen a lot of the minors and a lot of, you know, sure, a lot of different places to play in the World Juniors and all this shit. Like, I think he's ready to go. So... You know, if you want to keep him at Northeastern for a couple more years, you can. But I would rather him playing third-line minutes against, you know, some some good players and, he's going to learn a yeah, lot and, against. And I think that's, you know? I, I think you're absolutely right. I just don't think third-line Tyler Madden moves the needle enough to get the Los Angeles Kings out of the basement. 
Well, so yeah, so second or third line though. Like I just I like if, if it depends gonna... how good Velarde is. It de- and I could be wrong about Madden. Like sure. maybe Madden is going to be a bust. I don't I don't think if that you, at all. You're going to but... go into this season as as the Kings, and you're going to look at this and you're going to say, like, what, what's the goal here? Like, are we going to work our way out of a top five pick for the sake of not making the playoffs and having a tenth overall pick? Like, like why would we do that to ourselves? Like that that's all I see out of this team. Like, there's, I, there's I, no way you can beat with the big boys. So all I would say is that I I think I have heard enough. I mean I don't know him personally, but like enough interviews with Rob Blake to to know that he thinks more the other way, like more developmentally, and and I, not that. Again, to your point, it's not to say that I think Rob Blake is satisfied with the prospect pool they have, but I do think that he knows that at some point they need to start developing these guys too, beyond just drafting them. And I think the best way for a lot of them is to play them. And I think they have, well, I don't think, I know they have at least six forward prospects that are better than basically every fucking forward on the team. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like, and it's, and it's even the same point. Like I want Madden and Villardi and, and Turcotte learning from Kopitar now, not in a few years. I want Kop- I want them to see Kopitar while he's still fucking got it. You know, yeah. and he he's still like ninety percent Donzi Kopitar. Like a lot of people don't realize that because LA sucks now. He had sixty one points last year. Like he he's still fucking giving her. Hmm. So I don't know. I I maybe I'm giving the Kings too much credit. It's quite possible they end up being the worst team in the league this year because again their goaltending is very bad. I was but say, I, it might I, come down to Jonathan Quick on this I, one. I think San Jose's goaltending is worse. Yeah. So you you can still find a way to have those guys in the lineup playing meaningful minutes, and if your goal isn't eight. 85 goalie doesn't like yeah, make a I difference. Mean, so like yeah, yeah. That's that's where we're at in 2021 folks when uh, I list four goalies and their names are Devin Dubnik, Martin Jones, Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. And I think the best goalie out of those four is fucking Cal Peterson. That's where we're at folks. That's where we're at. Mm. Uh seventh in that division. Uh I have LA. I have the Anaheim Ducks. Okay. Yeah. Old team not a lot to look forward to john gibson i think keeps them out of the basement and that's about it okay uh sixth i have the sharks uh sixth i have the i I closed it for some reason the minnesota wild okay all right um fifth uh fifth i have anaheim i have arizona okay fourth uh i have arizona Minnesota. Not a lot. Not a lot of... It feels like there's three teams that we just didn't really mention there. Mm. All of a sudden. Funny. Fuck. Funny. Wow. <laughs> Weird. We're in agreement. So, so just hang on. Just just real quick. You, yeah. you, you had fourth. You had... Arizona. Arizona. So you think they're a playoff team over Minnesota? Um... So is that how the format's working, though, as a top four team top from four every division? division? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah. Oh, over Minnesota? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought sixth was giving Minnesota credit. Okay. <laughs> I I almost had Minnesota in third, but let let's hear that one. I'm <laughs> interested on well, that one. Well, first off, the Blues wow. the Blues are not great. Um, but like second off, like I think I think Minnesota, like a lot of people are overlooking the fact that a lot of their problems last year were the fault of a guy by the name of Devin Dubnik, and uh, he is no longer there. So yeah, but they got worse this off season. Like how? that's the thing; they don't have an NHL centerman. 
they don't have one. They have well, they have one. They have Joel Erickson Eck. I don't. I don't. It, at least based on advanced stats and regular stats, Nick Bukestad is not an NHL player. Right, but Nick Bonino is his... maybe a fourth line centerman. Victor Rask sure. is not an NHL player, and Marcus Johansson is not a fucking centerman. Sure, this team so is like, a fucking tire and, fire. And, and who do they have last year? A thirty-seven-year-old Miko Koivu. Yeah, I'd rather have him. He's a oh, fucking third wow, line center. Wow, Miko Koivu. The fact that he's on an NHL team is impressive to me, but... Um, oh, yeah, he was on the Wilds because he had to be. <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't have a number one center last year, never mind this year. Well, they haven't had a number one center in many, many years. Okay, they haven't had but, a top six center in but the last... I don't even mean that, James. I, I genuinely mean it when I say of the four guys that are going to play centerman, yeah. I don't think three of them are capable of even fucking coming close to it at an NHL level. And that's fair, but they're they, all they better have, than the guys that they, they had have last year. the worst center depth I've maybe ever seen. Ever. And it's better than last year. And they made the playoffs last year. I, I don't agree with you at all. I, I think this team is just fucking... I I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't really understand what Bill Guerin's doing. Because uh, here's the problem. Is that their coach is too good for them to be awful. Like, I think Dean Evanson is a good coach. It's just they've given him nothing to work with. Their blue line's solid. It's not great. I think it's a little overrated. But it is, like, it's still probably, I don't know, it's probably a top 10 blue line in the league. You yeah. would think at least a top four. I would agree. And right? the goaltending got better. Then Susie's pretty solid. So, like, it, it's good. I don't think the goaltending, well, it well, did. Yeah, never mind. It, it definitely didn't get worse. That's yeah. for sure. It didn't get great, though. Like, but I don't I, know. Like, maybe Talbot has a good year. It's hard to say. I just don't see it. They're in the advantage of playing against the California teams, with the, which they didn't have last year. Like, they're going to rack up points there alone, in my opinion. And yeah. Which which I, I don't agree with, but that's that's fine. Like, I, they're, they're better than San Jose and LA. I don't think they're better. Eh, they, they might be better in Anaheim. Anaheim is always a hard one to, sure. to say. Yeah, like, he's another, like, they're another one. Similar to Brent Burns, like if Cam Fowler is going to be playing like twenty five minutes a night, well, he's not he's not very good. Yeah, you know, so a lot of teams are going to eat him. But like, alive. so so what's the case with or like what what is the the case for Arizona? I guess is is the flip side of this discussion. Well, they're just Montreal of the of the West to me. Like they're just again they're another team that is very well coached. They don't really have a weakness. They're just not particularly amazing at anything other than playing the trap. Like they're the closest thing to the Devils that we have in the NHL. Um, like they're they're Montreal West in the sense that from top to bottom the roster's fine. They don't have any stars. Their goaltending is solid, but nothing to write home about. But they're gonna find a way to win games based on the way they play a lot of nights. And don't get me wrong, I still think they're gonna get eaten alive by Vegas and Colorado regularly in that division. But I I do think that. Like, if you're telling me that Arizona, all they got to do to make the playoffs is try to keep uh, the Wild and the Kings and the Sharks from scoring more than two goals a night, I've, I'll fucking put my money on that for sure. Hmm. You know, the only team I think that might give them trouble that I have below them is the Ducks, but the Ducks are another one like the Kings. Until I know what their roster looks like on opening night, I it's hard for me to say for sure, right? Because um, they have some bizarre guys listed on their roster at the moment, and I feel like they have guys in the minors and in their prospect pool that should make the team over them. But who knows? Uh, third place in the West. Uh, I have St. Louis. I also have St. Louis. Oh, wow, that's crazy. 
Uh, do we also have second place, which is Colorado? Yeah, actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah, I do have Vegas winning the division. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And it's not a knock on Colorado. I just, no, I went back I, and forth for a while. I just think this is not taking anything away from Colorado. I can't preface that enough. I think Vegas is going to be on a fucking mission this year. Uh, I think that based on the format of the league and the schedule, I think that this favors Vegas the most, more than it favors Colorado some nights. I think Vegas is built to beat Colorado, generally speaking. Um, So I have a lot of faith in Vegas being able to win the division. When I say they win the division, though, like it might be by a point or two. I just, I think Vegas is... A little, like, they're they're a better team than Colorado, but it's not by much. It's a closer gap between one and two than it is two and three. Vegas Vegas doesn't have Nathan McKinnon. Like, I understand that, right? Like, Nathan McKinnon might just fucking take this team and put them on his back. Right. Colorado doesn't have Leonard Fleury, so it's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go back and forth there. That's the thing. So, um, I like Colorado a lot this year, though. Like, like, make no mistake when I say... Uh, it's Vegas, Colorado, 1-2. I still think that these are two of the probably four best teams in the NHL. Okay. So, I got a lot of faith in both of them, but I think Vegas will win the division. Let's go with the nobody knows what division they're in, Central Division, presented by... I don't oh, know, uh, actually, I have this. Uh, that is the Central Division brought to you by Discover. Do you have your Discover card? I don't. I don't know what they're called. Ah, discover the Central Division. Discover. Yeah, let's let's do that together, you yeah. and I. Why don't we do that uh, as as a team right now, folks? Uh, eighth in the Central. Yeah. Oh, it's Detroit. <laughs> it's the Red Wings. Is it? It's I. It's a, It's just that I have no faith in them taking a step forward. I do think that there are a lot of bad teams in that division, but I. I don't. Like okay. the Red the Red Wings are awful. They if they, if the Red Wings could trade all of their centermen to the Wild, I feel like I feel like we'd be cooking with gas here a little mm. bit. You know, Dylan Larkin on the Wild with Kaprizov. Let's fucking go. Mm. Let's just have thirty teams this year. The Muntry the the Minnesota Red Wild. Ah, <laughs> things that Detroit has over one of the other teams in this division. Goaltending. Uh, a number one center and a goaltender oh, no. that has played at oh, the NHL level. No. I have Chicago in eight. Oh, no. Sorry, Blackhawks fans. Yeah. The fall from grace is long and it is hard. Welcome to last. Yeah. See, the good news about that is most Blackhawks fans remember the, the 80s to 2000s. Yeah, take um, your cup rings and go home. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's fair. I have them in seventh. I don't. Uh, and I have Detroit in seventh. So I think, I think this is one of the. I think this was the second hardest division for me to judge, um, because I don't have a particular amount of faith in a lot of these teams. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's hard to make any case with Chicago. Really, like they they still have. I don't oh, know. Teams could could come back in game two. Well, for all we know at but this it, point. Right? But even looking at it, like, Patrick Kane is probably the... With Kucherov out, he might be the best forward in that division. So, you know, like, he's up there. He's top five, no no mistake, Ooh, right? Yeah, so, yeah. um, it, it's possible that, like, a Hart Trophy candidate Patrick Kane comes back out 
But even if he does, how many games does he win them playing 25 minutes a night? I, I the other 35 I, minutes is fucking Zadorov and and Tony Amante out there. Patrick Kane could put up, put up three points a game. <laughs> and they're going to allow seven goals. Like, I don't yeah. care. Um, yeah, they also have one of the worst goaltending uh, tandems uh, in the league. If you're uh, scoring at home, uh, their goaltenders entering the season... Are Malcolm Subban and Colin D'Elia. Yep. He's the guy that did the stand-up comedy Ooh. on the roast of Justin Bieber, right? Uh, you're talking about the rapist? No, that's it's a different guy. Oh, okay. It's a different guy. Uh, sixth in the division. Uh, I have... I. Eh. Ah. This this is a bold one that I... Wow. I, okay. I might even switch it. You know what? Fuck it. I'm switching it. I'm going sixth. Nashville. Sam. Okay. Okay. That's not who I had, but I, I'm I'm moving Nashville back and I'm moving a team up. Fifth? Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't, I don't particularly think that high of Florida, like, but like they're they they could maybe make the playoffs if Bobrovsky has like a, a resurgence. If but... if Bobrovsky, if the whole team plays the way that they're capable of playing all the time, I probably have them third. Mm, but no. I don't I don't <laughs> I think they have a good roster. And they have a good coach. I can't for the life of me figure out what the fuck is wrong with them, but something is. Yeah. Something's wrong with that team. It's sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Fourth? Uh, I have Dallas. Ah. We differ. <laughs> uh, we are different, you and I. Yeah. I have Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Uh, third? Dallas. I have Columbus. Okay. Yeah. So we're not so different, you and I. No, same, same. This, this is this is going to be again kind of like the West, where I think it's just going to be Tampa Bay and fucking yeah. Carolina, yeah, Carolina, just feasting Car- on some of these Carolina teams. Two. Carolina two, Tampa Bay one. Yeah, yeah. I do think highly of Carolina, but Tampa Bay is so fucking good. Like it's just even without Kucherov, it's just yeah. It's just, like it's oof. honestly like yeah, oh man, they're fucking incredible. So yeah, I um I. I I see your point with Columbus. I think the I think, only reason I don't have Dallas missing the playoffs is because of the division they're in. Like I think in every other division they miss the playoffs, but this division is to me probably the worst. Well, what was their old division like? They probably still made the playoffs, right? Like they were still they, behind Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, but they're probably fourth. Uh, well, so their normal division would be uh, Colorado, Nashville, St. Louis, Winnipeg, um, Minnesota, Chicago, and whoever else I forgot. But so they're like they're normally in that division, and in that division, I they're probably still third. I think Winnipeg finishes ahead of them this year, mm-hmm. and uh, fuck, like I think that's a I don't know that's almost a better spot for Minnesota to be. Too? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. Um, I don't know. Like, Dallas is just a weird one. Like, their goaltending, I know everyone's high on it. I don't really know what to make of it for sure. I, th- I think it's really good, but they're both really old. I, I, and, and, you know, at some point, if Bishop's out and you've got a guy who was a career backup to up until last year, uh, as your other goalie, like, I don't know what to make of that. Their blue line's good, but their forward group is very thin, especially yeah. without Sagan. So I think you know three four like their five. best forward is maybe Radulov, who's not who had a bad year last year. So I don't I don't know. 
Gurianov, I think, takes a step. But Maybe. I mean, like, that's the thing. He had a good playoff, but, like, Gur- people forget, like, yeah, he led them in goals. He led them in goals with 20. It's not like he had 35, 40 sure. goals last year. 20 goals. But he was young. And he played, like, 11 minutes a night. Like, he... Exactly. He... But my point is that I don't know if they if they have the faith in them if they've done a good enough job uh, developing him necessarily. He had a good playoff run. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But regardless, like their 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 playoff their their forward group is uh, is nothing very very good. I, I, I it think wasn't it's... last year, and I think it's poised to take a step back because some of their best players are getting old and not good. I think it's Dallas, Columbus, and Florida based on which goaltending tandem is the best of those three at the end of the day like i i honestly don't see a lot of separation between those, yeah those i mean three uh, that's more or less like, how i have it too because i, I think columbus is yeah. the best of the three then dallas and then florida yeah but yeah. if like bobrovsky could take that team to third if, yeah if he gets you know back to 935 easily goalie, yeah sure but yeah i think that's where the difference is carolina's another team too right like they could they're, slip. They're so good possession-wise, but if a team figures them out, mm-hmm. and if a few teams figure them out, how to the keep them off the puck. Year, so, yeah. Like, if you're telling me that Dallas's power play is going to get to go to work a few times a night against Carolina and fucking Peter Morazic, eh. You know? Like, okay. that could get ugly real fast. That's oh, the yeah. one thing Dallas does have is I still think they have a pretty good power play unit, even without Sagan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the East Division. Oh, uh, I know this one. The East is brought to you it's by, by Mass, Mass Mutual. It's just New York, yeah. et cetera. The Massachusetts division. Uh, yeah. I have the Devils in last. Hey, Sam. Yeah. Sorry, McKenzie. Yeah. Like, you know. This is one year where, I mean, even the worst team in the league is not going to feel that bad because they're only playing 56 games, you know? I... Um, I, I, I think it's possible the Devils don't, or sorry, the Red Wings don't win double-digit games. But even as a last place team, like the Devils could take a step forward. It's just not going to be good enough to be higher than like sixth. Oh, it's it's such right. a good division. Like yeah, like, no, no thing, this like, is a this is a the Devils probably get screwed the most this year. Like I'm I'm probably banking on Jack Hughes taking a big step forward. Hmm. And I don't think it's enough. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if he stays f- like just what he was last year, they're definitely eighth. If he takes a big step forward. Yeah, they're probably still eighth. Like, unfortunately, yeah, like, just the way the cards fall. I think but. they're they're another team too, where you look at their blue line on paper and it's like woof. But mm. they, yeah, if 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 Mac, Subban if sure, Subban kind of bounces Subban, back, he, you know, if if Murray, Murray ends up fitting well there, sure. If Severson is what he is, if Vatnin has a decent year, like even Kulikov, even though I hated him in Winnipeg, he's good like twelve minutes a night though. Like he's a good third you pairing need guy. Every card to fall right, like, and some guys to get hurt. That's by just teams, it, right? right? So it's like I don't, I don't really know how much further they can go. There is one kid that I guess probably isn't making the team that I think Nolan Foot should probably be on the team this year. He's got a better shot than anyone on that team. Mm. But other than that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for them. So I have them in eighth, seventh. Uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay, I yeah. have Buffalo. That's fair. Yeah, that's fine. How, how do you have Pittsburgh falling so far from grace, where where no other different well, person I, in hockey seems to have them falling from grace? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't really get the big deal. <laughs> they're not. Have you heard of Sidney Crosby? They're not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember. 
he's gone now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Um, no, wow. like he, like it's it's one of those things where I don't think Sidney Crosby is good enough anymore that he can he can drag the other him and him and Gino can't drag the other sixteen corpus corpses every night hmm. anymore. They just can't. They're gonna win them some games, but there's gonna be nights where Sid and Gino just don't have it, and the rest of his team fucking don't have it either. So, uh, I this is probably my boldest prediction: is the Penguins falling that yeah, far? Yeah, I think it is. But in a fifty-six game season, I just like I I don't know. Like they're not very good. I I you know, and like I almost would agree with you if. If the season wasn't fifty six games, like if, if we're talking about sure. like Sydney having, you no, know, I, I I get what you're saying. Eighty two games, it's like ah, by February he's probably toast, right? But yeah, like, I don't know. Like I think those guys come out of the out of the gates firing. I think you know Latang's still there. I think Kapan has a really good season. Gensel obviously, Rust is still like that was a point per game guy last year in a breakout season. I I think he he could make some make some noise. The goaltending. Big question mark for me, obviously. I think I think it's one of those things where I look at last year and I'm willing to take the under on almost all those players. You okay. know what I mean? Like, sure. Like uh, I'm very high on Chris Letang, but the part that we all tend to forget because you know Crosby and Gino, we always think about them. Chris Letang's 33 now. Like Chris Letang's not sure. 28 anymore, right? So again, it's just it's it's the same thing that I always say with these teams that have an older roster. Where at some point the bottom's going to fall out, I think Pittsburgh is probably most poised for that to happen because I don't really like their depth. But um, I'll put it this way: this division is so tough. Mm. I at one point had them in second, but the more I thought about it, I just can't see them beating all the teams in front of them more times than they get beat. Okay, so no, that's fair. Yeah, sixth, uh, the Islanders. I have the other New York franchise. Oh. Well, there's three, so... Well, the New York City franchise. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have the Rangers six, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, fifth? Bruins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could get I could get on board. It's hard to play hockey when you have no defensemen, and yeah. also your leading goal scorer is injured for the first blue half lines, of the year. Blue line's not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Uh, that you have them fifth. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I have uh, I have Buffalo fifth. Big step. Yeah, yeah. No goaltending. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to say it oh. with with Buffalo. Okay. I think, mind you, I think I took them fourth last year. <laughs> I think I think I'm secretly a Buffalo guy. Like I feel like I I, I make fun of everyone who always says they're going to take that step forward, and then I'm like mildly in the background being like, well, they'll take a little step forward. You know. Bold. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those things too. Like I was, I was less afraid this year to make bold predictions here because I can always just be like, "Well, it's fifty-six games. Who knows?" You know what I mean? I got, I got a cop out this year. But I don't know. I think, I think Buffalo has a tendency to always start well, right? And you know, so if they're if the bottom's falling out for thirty-six games instead of sixty-two games. Um, yeah, like that, that helps them in the standings. I do, I do, I don't hate their goaltending. Um, I don't, it's the, I don't the weakest in the division. hate their blue line, but I don't love it. Uh, but I, I do like their top six forward group. 
Mm. Um, yeah. This is the toughest division, in my opinion. So, yeah. I'm not going to say that you're no, wrong, per se. Like, I, I don't think either of us are going to be wrong here. It's just this. Uh, it's so hard to tell. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So, who do you have making the playoffs at fourth? I have the Rangers. How? When we get to our individual awards, you will know. <laughs> no, I, I remember uh, Tommy Panarin from last year. I just mm-hmm. don't understand how else beyond that. Um, yeah, I mean, like they they were not good against Carolina in the playoffs, right? Which doesn't help them, but they were one of the best teams down the stretch last year. Um, I I do think that Lafreniere is a little bit better than maybe people are going to give him credit for this year. Oh, I, he's gonna be great. I didn't get him in either fantasy league, but I genuinely think that he is like maybe the third best forward on that team already. So, you know, that that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly, I just, I kind of like their forward depth. I don't really think they get a lot of respect for that. Yeah. Um, the fair. problem I have with them and I can already, I can already feel that this is kind of your thought on them. I don't know how much Jack Johnson's going to play, but if it's mm-hmm. anything more than at all, uh, it's bad because he he is he is the guy. If if this okay, we gotta have like laced up specific awards. Like we gotta have our own award show this year. I think where we where we have our own like you know what I mean made up awards and we give them. I would give Jack Johnson the award of being the worst defenseman in the National Hockey League at this point. I think he is. I think I'm ready to say that he's making over a million dollars next he year. Is. So he is definitely playing. So. The thing is, though, is like I, I like I as players, I like D'Angelo, true <laughs> fucks, um, and I think that Miller's going to make the team, and I think he's going to be good. So, uh, and I really like their goaltending. Like I love their goaltending. Cool. So I think the the Rangers are good. The only thing that really worries me with the Rangers is their coach. So I I I think we'll see what happens there, but. Um, yeah, I, I I have some bold predictions to make for the for the Rangers. Okay, mm-hmm. I have the Caps in fourth making the playoffs. Oh. Okay, okay. You're fuck. You're gonna really love my predictions then. Okay. Uh, you have them in fourth. Okay. Yeah. Third, I have the Boston Bruins. Mm. I have the Penguins. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Second, who, who do you have left? I don't even who's who isn't. Um, second, I have the the Philadelphia Flyers. No, I have the New York Islanders. Oh wow! A team with the that's uh, surprising the best coach in the division, uh, the yeah. conference final yeah, runner-up from the playoffs last year, and uh, a team that I continuously uh, predict to not be good, and they keep telling me that I'm wrong. So I'm <laughs> fuck it. They're finishing second, and I hope they finish seventh. How's that? Uh, yeah, that's sound reasoning. Good. I don't have an argument there. Good. Uh, I have the uh, Capitals winning the division. Hmm. Yeah. I have the Flyers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I like I like the Capitals roster because in my head it's still 2011, as I stated last week on the podcast. So right. I'm a lot happier there. Um, no, I, I like the coaching change. I think uh, I think the Capitals only have maybe a couple years left with this uh, with this group. I think um, they're they're going to be in a in a San Jose Sharks situation sooner rather than later. But I do think that they have enough left to give this one or two more kicks at the can here. And if there's any coach that I think is going to kind of wake them up, other than maybe Barry Trotz again, uh, Peter Laviolette is about as good as a bet as any uh, to be coaching this team. I think he coaches uh, the right system. I think he 
coaches the right way that it's going to get through to a lot of these guys. They've had a lot of coaches that um, are not similar in style to Peter Laviolette. And the times they have had ones, uh, they seem to do better. Uh, you know, Boudreaux and Trotz, I think of more like Laviolette types where they're quite fiery. Um, hold you accountable, that kind of thing. And that's what this group seems to enjoy. So, uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in the Caps. But um, having said all that, again, they are old. <laughs> so they, they could be uh, quite bad, possibly. But I don't think so. I, I like the coaching change. I think it's going to help. Like, the, the average age of this team is, like, fucking, like, they're one of the oldest teams in the league. They're old as shit. Their forwards are 29.9 is the average age. Their blue line's over 30, which is anchored, uh, which is being weighed down by a literal anchor. And uh, their goaltending's younger, but, you know. It wasn't supposed to be. Um, no. No. I think this is the uh, year of the San Jose Sharks collapse of the Washington Capitals, except for the fact that they do have Peter Laviolette, who will prop them up to a barely playoff spot in, in okay. fourth in the division, so... Uh, everything you said, I, I more or less agree with. I'm not loving their goaltending tandem. The fact that they had to go out and sign who was it? Their backup is now. It's uh, uh, Copley's listed as the other goalie here oh, for me. That's not even. That's not. That's worse than I thought it was. Oh, uh, uh, right. They give a professional tryout to Craig Anderson. <sighs> yeah. So maybe fifth. I don't know. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think the Philadelphia Flyers win the division because uh, Carter Hart is going to be uh, fucking Carey Price 2.0 this year. Like, let's yeah. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, I, I think this this is we'll talk about it, but like, I I think that this is a team that is going to take a big step forward only because of the guy in net taking a big step forward, and I think the rest of the team is going to be par for the course as to what they were last year, and that's good enough. And Caps take a step back. The Pens take a step back. I don't love the Islanders, and I think that clears the way for the Flyers in this division. Yeah, they looked that, that's, unreal that's to fin- finish the year last year. So. I, I, when I was doing my prediction, one and two were easily swapped here for Philadelphia and Washington. I just, uh, I, I don't know. There's something about Philly that still sort of sketches me out, and what that is, I don't know because their their roster is. Uh, fairly close to flawless other than the fact that they have Shane Gostas bear playing defense when he uh, should be a forward, but um, yeah, hopefully. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 we differ quite a bit on that division, but that's a, that's a tough division. Like anything really goes there. There's a lot of, a lot of movement there, but I, I don't think it's, it's not like we're saying that the Kings are going to like win the division. Right. Like, it's not like we're coming out and saying that. I I wish, but no, they're not. And that brings us to the North Division. The oh right, brought to you by Scotia, whatever the fuck that is. Nova, uh, the All oh. Canada Division, the True North Strong and Free Division, and the best division, yeah. the greatest division there is. There's never been a better division. A division that would never storm its Capitol building. Um, who do you have in seventh? Yeah, well, in the north. Well, what are they taking from the Capitol building? Fucking Thomas Shabbat. They got nothing there. Uh, number seven, I have the Ottawa Senators. Speaking of Thomas Shabbat. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. Seventh. Like they're not a bad seventh, but 
they're they're not better than any of these other teams. I don't really. I I honestly think this this arguably would be the worst division if these teams weren't in these weren't in these divisions. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of these teams probably would miss the playoffs this year, but because they're all together, it's going to be fun to watch because I don't think there's like a huge degree of separation from two to seven. Anyway, six so. To six. But I, I, I like I don't think Ottawa's that much like that much worse than this next team. Like I think they're another team that might take a, sort of a half step forward this year. You know, I, I think Ottawa's in the same boat as LA, where they're looking at this and they're saying there is no fucking way that we are going to have anywhere near a productive season. So let's just fucking suck. And I I do agree with you more in that assessment for Ottawa because it's not like Ottawa has. Uh, Kopitar and Doughty and Quick for you to come up and learn from. You know what I mean? Jeff Carter. Like, yeah. Ottawa, they're, I'm not trying to knock the veteran presence that they have there, but their veteran presence is Evgeny Dadanov, who's been in the league for four years. Hmm. Uh, Derek Stepan, like a decent leader. And then it's, and then it's, and then it's who? That's better than Austin like Matthews Connor, coming up. Connor guess, Brown? But... Connor Brown, yeah. maybe, is, like, their third most experienced NHL player. Like, uh, they don't have a lot yeah. in that regard, so I don't I don't really know that I'd be in a hurry to get the kids into that situation as I would be maybe in L.A. where they, you know what I mean, would benefit a bit more. Uh, but, yeah, Ottawa 7. Okay. You Six? too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh All right. I, I just need to explain, though. It's same for you, I know. But from 2 to 6, this was, like, fucking impossible. This was impossible. This was hands down the hardest one to do because from two to six, I have no earthly idea. I don't. I'm just going to say it. This is the first time ever. I I don't even really have an opinion on some of these teams at this point. Here's what I will say. Because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, your favorite teams are in this division. Your team isn't very good. Most of these teams are not good. But four of them have to fucking make the playoffs. So... I got Calgary 6th. I hate to say it. I, I don't even have a reason why. I, I guess their coach, I think he's an idiot. Well, I don't think he's an idiot. I know he's an idiot. I don't like the way he coaches the game. Uh, I got Winnipeg. That's fair. I have them 5th. Okay. I have them 5th. I think that... I think... like Because they're, they're another team, though. Like, over 56 games, not 82. If their power play is, is back up to... 25-30%, which I you know, I don't think it's going to be without Dustin Bufflin until, you know, until you get a, like a legitimate number one defenseman who can quarterback a power play. Pionk's good, but he's not he's not Dustin Bufflin. So I don't think they're ever going to get back to that point. But if they do, like their top four forwards are unbelievable, plus Pionk. Yeah, like it could happen, but I don't think it will. One of those top I got them four fifth. won't be with the Winnipeg Jets by the season's end. Well, I don't agree with that at all. But you, so, uh, who do you have fifth? Edmonton. <sighs> oh wow! Have, Fair. I mean, whatever. I was gonna say, like, do you know who their goalies are? Oh yeah. Yeah, forty-two-year-old Mike Smith. You know who their defensemen are? Oh, I've met them. Yeah. Nurse, Nurse and Barry. Yeah, I've met one real good. Nurse and Barry, number one pairing, pretty, pretty bad. Mm. Uh, fourth. Uh, I have Edmonton. Oh, okay. I, I do I do think that um, I do th- I do think that Drysaddle and McDavid are good enough to just win them games where they don't deserve to. Sure, that's the, the case year. more than more than any team in the league. 
Um, the only the only issue I have for Edmonton, like Edmonton is one team that I don't think benefits from this division, because I think most of the teams in Canada are meant to just outpossess you and swallow the puck and everything like that. Edmonton only wins games where they have the puck more than the other team, uh, like like barely ever. Like most of the games that they win is because Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl had two or three shifts that were fucking nuts. And the rest of the game, they were they were on their heels, you know? And the problem is, in this Canadian division, like Calgary, uh, Vancouver, Montreal, those are teams that will, you know, out-possess you and just play this fucking dry, boring game. And if Edmonton can't open it up, like, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know how they're going to win games some nights. So, they're one team that I think gets hurt by this division because I think there are just going to be nights where... They're going to have a hard time getting those guys going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both unbelievable, but at, at some point, they're going to have quiet nights, you know. I paid $200 to see Sidney Crosby in his fucking prime, and he was minus three and, and had a penalty and didn't do a fucking thing the entire game. You know, it happens. I have fourth, the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Third? I have Vancouver. Okay. I, I did have Vancouver third. And I had every other team below them, other than Ottawa, in the playoffs at some point over Vancouver. Like I had Vancouver sixth for a while, hmm. uh, but at some point, I don't know. Like I just, I think they have a similar problem to Edmonton, where they have a couple stars that do most of the work, but their depth is Except better. One's a defenseman. Yeah, and like that, and that's the thing. And one's a defenseman who plays with. One of the guys who does their heavy lifting is now going to be on a pairing with a guy who's probably better than him. Like, that's something that we we forget, right? Like, they have fucking Nate Schmidt now. And provided he fits there the way he should, he is he might be their number one defenseman. Hughes probably takes a step forward this year and, and you know, puts himself firmly in the top 10 to 15 sort of uh, conversation. But, yeah, you're right. Like, they, they got better, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, uh, third, I have Montreal. Okay. I'm, yeah, surprised with you. Didn't I know you're not, uh, super high on them. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my number two is Montreal. Mm, that's fair. I, I do, I do, I do like Montreal. My number two is Calgary. Okay. <laughs> I, I, not for me. I think you're taking a team that was, you know, relatively good last year, like a 36-win team last year, and you're giving them a goalie. <laughs> so that's... Probably going to help. Yeah. Um, I do, for the record, think that Jacob Markstrom is going to be okay there. I don't. I wouldn't go good, but I think better he's, than Riddick and who else? Prob- was there? Probably right. Who was the other guy? Uh, I don't know. Kerry Ramo. Um, <laughs> like he'll be he'll be good. But this is a genuine conversation I want to have with you. Not like, not do you agree, agree with me philosophically, but I actually want to know what was the last like relatively big name goaltender that signed with a new team as a free agent and it actually worked out, where it wasn't like I don't even mean like a tire fire, where it was like they were the number one goalie by the end of like the second year still. Because I mean, most recently Bobrovsky was a train wreck. Uh, you know, Brzezgalov obviously was terrible, but that was a while ago. I just, I have n- never... Signed with or traded to? Like, what's the difference? Uh, 
I I would well even traded to like Freddie Anderson traded to I think's a little different because traded to I think is more of an example of it's it's often like an underused goalie who's in a tandem who now gets traded to another team to be the number one and because they're good enough to be one so like I think they're more targeted mm. whereas Calgary signed Jacob Markstrom because of a need like if they didn't get Markstrom they they didn't have another play like they then they were signing Cam Talbot again or something you know but how does that so, affect Markstrom what do you mean like like Calgary needed someone and they brought in a guy that they needed yeah how how does it affect Markstrom negatively well, because many of these goalies just don't fucking work out. Like it's that's so, not a that's not so that's if, a fact. If he had re-signed with Vancouver, we'd be having the same conversation. No, I think he should have stayed in Vancouver. For for, I don't think he should have stayed in Vancouver. They were never going to be able to pay him what he got paid. He made the right move for his for his life. But where do I think his numbers would be better? Vancouver, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. I, I guess goalies are very like it does happen, right? Like Darcy Kemper went to a new team, and now all of a sudden he's a good goalie. Like, Antti Ranta went to that same team, but you know those are two guys where maybe the system supports it a little more. So I don't yeah. know if I put, I don't know if I would put um, Markstrom into that category necessarily. It's just a lot of these times where it's almost like a panic signing, and you throw money at a goalie. It, it doesn't often work out. You know what I mean? But like Anderson worked out via trade. Vancouver Bobrovsky would be doing with. Markstrom, what's that? Throwing money at him to keep him around for the second. It's not even. It's not the money thing. It's just like, I think that when when Columbus traded for Bobrovsky, for example, way back in the day, they saw a goalie that wasn't getting the opportunity in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. who was young, who had room to grow, and they said we can build him, we can we can mold him into our system, kind of thing, right? So that was like a targeted move where they went out and they're like, all right, we're going to work with him, kind of thing. Whereas Markstrom's getting signed and literally just thrown into the fire, and they're like, "Well, we have a number one goalie; he's good to go." When in reality, like he's going to be facing different types of shots than he was t- facing in Vancouver, right? So I just I think that the trade thing often works out a little bit more because it's it's buy low, and then put them into a spot, and then you know what I mean. Hopefully they work out. Like Anderson is a bit of a different situation where yeah they they traded for him and then they threw a bunch of money at him. And he did work out, but I think Anderson was a better goalie at 27 than Markstrom is at 29. So, you know. Robin Leonard? Leonard's, Leonard's another one, though, where it's just... Uh, I always felt that Robin Leonard was a top, you know, 10 talent, probably. He was just in an awful fucking team. So he would have a 920 save percentage, but his goals against average was still 3. Because in Buffalo... You know, he, he didn't get the support there. So, like, I don't think Markstrom is as... Well, I, I don't, it's not that I don't think. He's not as good as Robin Leonard was. You know, I think Markstrom's good. I just don't know. I'm just a little curious about this making them better. I, I don't know that it makes them that much better. I think their blue I, line got I, a lot worse. Yeah. And, well, it, it got worse anyway. And I don't think that they got any better defensively. I think they play the wrong system for the style of their roster. Mm-hmm. And I think Markstrom's going to have to make a lot of high danger saves this year. And it's just... Yeah. I, I, th- I think Vancouver is... Well, yeah. The, the, Vancouver's a better hockey team than Calgary at this stage. Anyway, I guess it comes down to right? whether you think Talbot Riddick is better than Markstrom Riddick. And I think Markstrom Riddick well, is Well, Markstrom better, Riddick's better. I, I, and I agree. But I think last year's Flames are better than this year's Flames. That's all. 
beyond the goaltend. All around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I think that blue line is going to have more of an effect on this too. But like, like I was saying, going back to, like it wasn't even, do you agree with that philosophically? It was just a genuine, like, I, I don't remember the last time where it worked out. And in a lot of these situations, I have the tendency to bet the over on the goalie save percentage or on the goalie's goals against average because it's just, these moves have a tendency not to work out. I still think Markstrom's a good goalie. Hmm. But, you know. It's not like it's not like we're talking about a nine twenty five goalie here last year, right? Like we're talking about a goalie that was solid, not great. What, wasn't Just, he? I thought he was like a like nine eighteen or so. Nine nine eighteen on the nose. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I mean like again, like even in Vancouver, right? It's still same point that I made with Leonard, is like he's still letting in close to three goals a game. But you know. Nine ten, nine twelve, nine twelve, nine eighteen. He's gotten better. Like, a, a lot of that is the goaltending coach in, in uh, Vancouver. What's his fucking name? Ian Clark or something like that, I think. Like, he took him to, uh, and put him in a new spot and made him into a new goaltender. And I still think he's very good, but I don't think he's enough to overcome some of that team's shortcomings in that I just, I don't think they have a superstar scorer that can outscore uh, the massive problems that I think they're going to have defensively. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think Goudreau's good. I just, I don't think he's... I don't think he's as good as most people do. Oh, it's 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 not Goudreau, buddy. Who else they have? It's Kachuk. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, but he's also you know doesn't have the offensive resume yet. I, I, yet, yeah. I think there's a good chance he gets to a Marshawn level. Yeah, but yeah. Is he there I agree. yet? I agree. Eh, hard to say. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't get there. I don't know. It's always it's kind of hard to tell with those guys that play a physical game. They're really dicey, you know. Well, that leaves us with uh, one team left. I don't remember who we haven't talked about. Uh, well, I think we covered everybody. Yeah. Did you want to talk about Montreal that, more? That's the Scotiabank North Division, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't... Uh, l- listen, like, if you've been listening... This is our 98th episode. Like, I feel like if you've listened to this podcast uh, most of the way through, uh, you deserve a medal. No. Uh, if you've listened to it well, most yes. of the way through, I'm not... Um, the most positive Leaf fan sometimes. I, I try to fucking, you know, find shortcomings wherever I can. And I and I there are some things that I'm unhappy about with what they did this offseason. But they are far and away the best defeat best team in this fucking division, man. Like it's it's it coming into it anyway, it's not even close. Do I think that they're necessarily like it's gonna be an absolute slam dunk for them all year? Not necessarily. Like it's the Leafs we're talking about here. They they have a tendency to to fall below expectations sometimes it's just part of the culture of the jersey for some reason i fail to see how it's going to happen like it's just like if some if someone gets hurt their depth is good enough to overcome it unless it's like half the core gets hurt game one and misses a bunch of time then maybe not but like i like their coach i like their top end talent I don't mind their forward depth. I think that that's maybe their biggest weakness. I love their defense high end. I love their defense depth. I love their goaltending depth. Like, it's not one of those things where a few years ago, if Freddie Anderson gets hurt, what are you going to do? I feel real good about Jack Campbell. I've always liked Aaron Dell as, as, a, as a backup. He's their third goalie. You know what I mean? And if for some reason three guys go down, Hutchinson is good enough to play NHL games. I don't know if he's NHL goalie, but he's he's good enough to get in the net. From top to bottom, I think that this team is just built to have 
regular season success uh, at a level where they potentially are going to win the President's Trophy. Having said that, could Montreal win the division? Yeah, but I, I don't think they're going to. I think there is a fair chance that Toronto wins 38-40 to 40 of those 56 games. I have Toronto number one. I mean, Sam. Um, <laughs> is 45 out of the question? I, I think so. But for, sorry, wins? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Austin Matthews goals. I, I don't care if um, overtime or shooter <laughs> or whatever. But like, is, is it out of the question? No. It, it's pretty close to being out of the question. Okay. But it's, uh, I could see it. Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't see like I don't see any one of these other six teams having a better matchup against the Leafs all season long. It's going to be tough. Like it's just uh, you're telling me you're going to win. F- any one of those teams can win five out of eight over Toronto. Uh, minus Montreal is the only team I would maybe give that to. Minus an just because of their Matthews style injury, like. Well, I don't see it. And that's that's another thing, too, though. Like, going back to that, even, it's like Montreal is maybe the one team I could see that. Austin Matthews has a tendency to just fucking pop off against Montreal. So, I mean, if we're paying, playing them nine, ten times this year, eh, Matthews might get fucking eight goals in those ten games. Like, or like, more. Like, did you see Freddie Anderson's career record against Canadian teams? It's pretty good. He's lost, what, nine games it's in pretty, his fucking ten years yeah and like, like the team the team that he's like the worst against it was like a weird one eh? it was like he Ottawa I he, think yeah it was like Ottawa where he's like 3-3-1 three, three and one still or yeah. something it's like oh well that's fine yeah I don't I don't know like it's just um like look like this is a this is still a team like I don't know if there are a lot of non-biased fans that would take a look at the Leafs roster and say that they're uh outside the top what six teams in the league probably in terms of their roster talent you know so depends which fans you're talking to i guess yeah that's what i mean but like if you talk about their high end like there there isn't a there isn't a team in the league that has uh their top four forwards being better than toronto i don't think so that's kind of where you start it's just one of those things where um i think that they're so good on a high end level that they're going to find a way to beat teams that don't show up and the nights where teams do show up it's going to be hard to contain the Leafs for 60 minutes and still generate chances of your own you know um so it's tough I don't think a lot of these I don't think any of these teams match up particularly well against Toronto it's it's going to be really tough to figure out how these teams are going to be seated in the playoffs uh we know that each of the division winners is going to go to the finals and then we're going to reseed so ideally, it's going to be one, four, two, three. You're not going to have your east, west, so to speak. Um, so you, you know, you know for, for all we know, we could have like Toronto, Boston in, in the Cup Finals. Like that's how it could shake down. <laughs> um, how 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 do you have it? I'm like let, let's jump ahead to the Stanley Cup preview. The final two teams, like again, there's no east, there's no west. Who do you have left standing at the end of this? The two teams in the cup final? Yeah. Uh, ooh, fuck, I hadn't actually thought about it. Let's go. Um, I feel like it's not going to be a very sexy pick this year, to be honest with you. I'm I'm probably going to go Tampa Bay, Vegas. I did consider Colorado there, but I, I think it's going to be two of those three teams anyway. I'm, I'm going to stick with the status quo, and I'm going to double down on last year. Avs, Leafs. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. That'd be that'd be fun. I'm not gonna sit here and say the Leafs are gonna win the cup, but that'd be a great cup final, wouldn't it? McKinnon and Matthews both hurt, probably. Yeah. <laughs> JT Comfer leads a ser- series in scoring with five points in six games. It's gonna be great. Six games, eh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be awful. Um, yeah, I know that. I mean, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Like, it's. I'll it's, go. It's, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Tampa Bay, Vegas. It's again. It's one of those things. Like we're talking about. Like who's gonna place where in the division usually like most years we just talk about like how the playoffs will snake out like no one of each of these teams is going to the final four Mm -hmm. like this isn't a year where you could have tampa and carolina in the conference finals because they had gritty playoffs Mm -hmm. no they can't they're they're in the same division sorry Hmm. so a canadian team is going to be in the final four it's probably gonna be the fucking Leafs. Like, I'm not sorry. Like, it's short again, short of Austin Matthews blowing his shoulder out, or Kerry Price going back to 2015 level of goaltending. Who else comes out of the North? It's probably the Leafs, right? If if Edmonton is good enough without Drysaddle and McDavid on the ice, that they're an NHL team this year, then then maybe. But they they were the like one of the worst teams in the league without them on the ice. Mm. And then when they were on the ice, they also weren't that that amazing. They just outscored the yeah. amount of time that they gave the puck away. And they can't they can't s- stop shots. So it's not going to go. It's no. fuck. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what the fuck they were thinking. I don't even think they make, available. I don't think they make the playoffs. Never mind. So I'm not worried about That's them fair. in yeah. the playoffs. But okay, yeah, Toronto, Colorado, my pick. Cool. Uh, dealer's choice on who wins the cup. I guess in six, according to to you. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll con Smythe winner JT Comfer. Good. Uh, real quick, nerdy our awards pick, picks. Uh, the way too early. Normally, when we'd be doing midseason well, award picks, I like doing this one picks. because the amount of players that we've put a fucking hex on over the years doing this, like you ruined Martin Jones's career. Yeah. I don't know if people like a lot of people don't give you enough credit for that. Yeah. You ruined Martin Jones's life. Well, and and if you remember correctly. If you go back to that year when I, I picked him for the Vesna, I, I would just like to point out that the guy that I picked for the Vesna that year is still on the team that he was with when I picked him, as opposed to the guy that you picked that year. How dare so, you? Yeah. How dare you, so sir? Sorry. So sorry. Matt Murray is a fine goaltender. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to do a couple uh, quick awards uh, in, in a, an order of my choosing because I'm talking right now. Uh, so what is your Jack Adams pick? Oh, uh, Peter Laviolette, sir. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, good pick. Yeah. Again, just because of how I have everything set up, like yeah. he's the team oh, that I have sure. overachieving because of the coach. Yeah. More like this is an award that honestly I think, uh, if not for the rift, like the issues that he has having rifts with players, like this is an award Claude Julien should probably uh, win since he's been in Montreal because they they're the reason Mark Bergevin still has a job. Is because Claude Julien and his coaching staff make a bad roster look relatively good, um, but I think Washington's going to be the team that a lot of people look back on. With uh, I don't even remember his name, the bald guy there that coached them, not Barry Trotz, the most recent one there where he didn't he didn't shave the sides of his head. He just Hunter. No, what was his name? He's in Pittsburgh now. He was playing the NHL. I don't remember his name. Anyway, uh, Hunter, their old coach, 
wasn't very good. People know that he wasn't very good. He should have been fired. He got fired. And I think Laviolette's going to come in and kind of rejuvenate them. So, um, yeah, I, I got Peter Laviolette for the Jack Adams. Okay. I got Dean Evanson for the uh, Jack Adams Ooh. if they make the playoffs. Wow. If they make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, if they win more than 15 games, he'll have a vote for me. <laughs> there you go. So. <laughs> All right. The uh, uh, Selkie. Oh, Todd Reardon was his name. Um, <laughs> the Selkie. Okay. It's a bold pick, and yet I'm picking a guy who's fucking won it tons of times. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I'm going to go Patrice Bergeron this year. Now, hear me out, okay? Is I have Boston making the playoffs, okay? I have them third in that division. Mm. Aside from their goaltending... Considering Marshawn and Pasternak are going to miss the start of the year, Patrice Bergeron's going to need to be fucking pretty great this year for this team to still be them. Yeah. And I do think Patrice Bergeron still has some gas left in the tank. Mm. Um, But I think he's going to be good enough this year uh, to keep them in the hunt. And I think that the hockey writers are going to want to give him credit in some regard for doing that. So I think the Selkie is probably his to win uh but i do have hard opinions on the selkie so i always kind of like to you know really really argue that one honorable mentions go to of course mark stone uh ryan o'reilly sean couturier and and honestly considering he's going to be killing penalties uh it could be an austin matthews conversation year um but we'll see it's mark stone's year cool it's not fucking yeah it's not they don't pick wingers so it's certainly not it's been his year for a few years if we hand out the Selkie like we hand out the Norris, yeah, Mark's don't have like four of these things right now. So There's going to be some guy in like five years that's a winger. His name's going to be like Tim Jefferson, who's going to like win the fucking Selkie, and Mark Stone will just still be in the league without a Selkie. And, yeah. You know, Painful. he, he, fucking Yuri Lettinen used to win the Selkie, getting 35 points a year. What the fuck are we doing here? Give a winger a Selkie. Yep. The Rocket Richard Trophy. Oh, uh, Ivo Vashkin. Uh, again, because I think the Capitals are going to be good this year. Mm. I think the best scorer, goal scorer of all time is still going to do things this year. Mm. Uh, that power play is still fucking lethal. Mm. And the guy can hammer the puck. He can. Honorable mention goes to Austin Matthews. Mm. I think they're going to be very, very close. But mm-hmm. just for some reason, I, I'm taking Ovechkin. I, yeah. I feel like it's just a safe bet. If I say it, no one's going to listen back to this in a year and be like, what a fucking idiot. Like, unless Ovechkin doesn't play this year. He's going to be pretty high up in the goals. So. Oh, it gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only pick that I make with with certainty knowing that it's like, well, I'm not going to be far off. <laughs> you know. He's going to yeah. get 30 probably at least. So, you know. Um. <laughs> Someone a little tie-tie across the table there. Eh? Yawning constantly. Uh, with uh, Pasternak out and Kucherov out and with what I think will be a subtle step back. Uh, I think Austin Matthews takes the Rocket Richard this year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, over Ovechkin. What What's a number? 37. This is the one award where I think you got to give the number. 37. 37 and 56. Fuck. Yeah, that's about the number I was going to give Ovechkin. I was thinking like 38, but... Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the James Norris. Um, Again, similar thought process to Ovechkin here. I'm going to go Victor Hedman. Because I think he's the best defenseman in the NHL. Okay. I I didn't think that 
and I think the definition of a good defenseman has changed in the last few years a little bit. And I think Victor Hedman is the only defenseman in the NHL that is consistently in the top 10 defensemen in the NHL. So uh, I think it's a safe bet. I think it's a year where Tampa Bay is going to win a lot of games and and uh, without Kucherov and anyone putting up like insane points, I think they're going to need someone to kind of point to. And I think Hedman's going to be an easy candidate because he is fucking really good. Okay. Uh, my answer is kind of twofold because I've got two guys from the same team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it just depends yeah. which one you want to pick this year. Like, who has the better year, I guess, is the way to answer it. It's either going to be Zach Wierenski or oh, Seth Jones. Not at all where I thought that was going. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Where, where, where did you think I was going? Uh, Theodore Petrangelo. Ah. Because uh, I think Shea Theodore is good enough to win a Norris. Probably. Um, the good news for him is that Petrangelo signed there, and now he's going to have a really, really good defensive partner, provided they play together. Uh, the bad news for Shea Theodore is... Uh, He's probably never going to win a, a Norris now because hockey writers are just going to say that all of Theodore's success is because of Petrangelo. Yeah. And it's not because Theodore is a top five defenseman in the league without Petrangelo. Uh, if they don't play together, I think that's a better case for him. Uh, but Theodore is on my list for, for guys. Um, I think Morgan Riley's going to have a, a bounce back year, mostly because he has to. Uh, and... Uh, um, I think Kale McCarr is going to get into that conversation this he year, might, but I don't yeah. know that uh, he's going to be good enough. I, to I, I think before we get to the McCarr Hughes battle era, it, it's it's got to go to one of these two guys though in Columbus. Like I think Seth Jones has earned it at least once in the last couple of years, and I think has Zach, earned a Norris. Yeah. Wow. And I think Zach Renski's stepping into the conversation. They're a good pairing. I'll, I'll say that. When they're together, yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good pairing. Yeah, yeah. I like them both, but yeah, I don't. I don't look at them quite in that tier. Like I look at like, them both as like they're both easily top twelve, I guess. Um, but I don't. I, I for some reason I just can't see them winning a Norris. I, I think those two guys them, are like as, yeah, <laughs> as if it's gonna be <laughs> the both games on the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. think those two Siamese guys twins. are like the key to Columbus's success. Honestly, like yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, well, they're the two best players on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Vesna. All right, uh, on the on the spicy meter for me. for spicy takes. We had conversations here where you questioned why I have teams in certain spots. And there was one team that I really couldn't explain for you why I had them so much higher than you did. I think John Gibson is going to win the Vesna this year. I realize that is mm. a very spicy take given the fact that he was uh, terrible last year. Um, but I do think that when he's healthy and his team is at least okay in front of him, that he is probably the best goaltender in the league. Uh, we saw Hellebuck have a, by his standards, bad year, and then bounce back and have a Vezina Trophy and arguably Hart Trophy candidate winning year last year. And I think Gibson's going to put himself back into that uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find it hard to believe that a lot of what happened last year is John Gibson. I just don't. I just don't see it. So I, I, I will say too, I'm biased because I am a fucking massive fan of his. But uh, I do, I, I think he's going to have a bounce back here. I had Hellebuck in that spot before. 
Uh, and I also had Vasilevsky up there as well as, uh, depending how good or bad they are defensively, Tuka Rask. Um, you know, your, your classics. But uh, I'm going Gibson. Going Gibson. I would love that because I have him in one of my fantasy leagues. So Nice. I, I would be okay with that. Oh boy. Um, my Vesna pick will not win his namesakes award, but I think Carter Hart uh-huh. is the Vesna winner this that's, year. That's a good pick. That's why I have Philly I also in first. have him in a keeper fantasy league, so I'd be good with that. Yeah, I, that's that's why I have Philly in first in their division. Yeah. I, I think I think this is a big Carter Hart year. Yeah. So Yeah. It's my guy. I think the only reason I stayed away from him is just because uh I, I just I remember reading a lot of stuff online where people kind of thought that Philly might be your the bust pick of like mm. you know what I mean your dominant teams like they might be the one to bust and like I guess that's fair because no one could really explain how they got so good you know what I mean like aside from Carter Hart like their defense looked like it was going to be awful and it turned out to be good and then they had forwards turn into you know Sean who the fuck thought Sean Couturier was going to be a eighty point selkie candidate fucking centerman uh, not not high you know he's been in the league for a million years and he's just suddenly getting there like it's weird when guys reach their peak when they're like 28 yeah but uh i saw that argument with philly so that's part of the reason why i kind of stayed away with heart on there but uh i still i do actually still think it's a decent pick i just got scared away i'm a chicken oh <laughs> <laughs> Well, after my last few Vesna picks, uh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the kiss of death. Um, oh, dear. The Calder Trophy. Uh, this was the one I had the, the hardest time with. Same. Um, and I, it's, I'm just going with the obvious pick. I'm going with Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, I will explain to you more in depth why that is with my next two awards. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think the kid's unreal. Uh, he's a, he's a, he was a man amongst boys in junior and now he's going to be a man again amongst, uh, uh, amongst mega members, I guess. So I, I, I think he might have a little trouble in that division. That's the only reason I, I, I strayed away from him. I picked a guy that I don't have a lot of faith in, but I, <laughs> I think, I think this is more a, what? This, this is more a, I want him to win it than oh, it is Nick a, Robertson. I think think he can win it award nick robertson and that would be tim stutzel oh okay um yeah now now i'm assuming you know the answer to this because i've seen him drafted uh in both the fantasy leagues uh that i'm in yeah um you're picking him to win the calder mm. is he making the team yeah he is like they, they well, said he is right like, well he's just, he's making the team I know as much should. as lafreniere is making the team at this point right like, oh they're both at camp. Well, yeah. They're both like, who else is ahead of them type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Like, we we know that Byfield isn't making LA, for example. I didn't know they said that. Yeah. Yeah, Rob Blake said that Byfield will not play for the team this year. So. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. We we know that they're step, like, Lafreniere and Stutzler, for, like, they're both ahead of him in their team's respective depth charts. But, like... If he doesn't make the team, I get it, but like I don't at the same time. Like, like, what's the point? Yeah, you know, you're not you're not going to win with them. You're not going to win without them. Like, just play him. Like, give him the time, give him the opportunity to you know excel at that level. So yeah, okay, that's my guy. It's, Big fan. I, I don't think it's a horrible pick. Thank you. He's on the team, so yeah. 
apparently. Uh, the Art Ross Trophy. Ooh, Artemi Panarin. Mm. Ooh, what's a number? Uh, 56 games. Let's go. What did he have last year? You 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 list yours. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Oh wow, bold. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen some of the teams he's gonna be playing against in that division? I'm gonna go uh, Panarin. I'm gonna go 90 in 56. Wow, not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. 95 and 69. So yeah. So I, I I think I think I think he's going to continue his. Ascendance into stardom. Okay. But I'm going to take McDavid at 84. Cool. Yeah. Good with that. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. I like the kid. Yeah, sure. He doesn't play defense, the, the but kid. he's a good kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't disagree with Baron. Like, I think he's going to have a hell of a season. I just think that those teams in his division are going to put up a bigger fuss against him than what McDavid's going to be facing in the alt-Canadian division, if you will. That's fair. I think uh, I think at some point Panarin's going to end up on a line with Zabinajad and Lafreniere, and I just I don't know what to tell other teams. <laughs> like, uh, what do you? What the hell are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do against that line? Not much, you know. That's right. So I'm, I'm taking yeah. I'm taking I'm taking the Breadman because uh, I like him. Okay. I, I respect the pick. I, I don't respect the point total. I don't think there's any way in hell anyone gets close to 90 points this year. I, I think it's going to happen. Okay. That's good, man. I think scoring is going to be up this year. That's just one thought I have. So. Oh, I, I think after each team has played each other two or three times, we're going to see a lot of defensive hockey. That's that's what I thought, too. But, I, man, I think the I think the idea of playing... Like, the goaltending is going to be interesting this year, right? Because, like... You're in theory going to use your tandems more this year than you would any other mm, year. Yeah. Because you don't want to play your goalie ten times against the same team unless it's a fucking unless it's John Gibson who's going to have like a nine forty this year. Um, but like, I just think that that almost works at a disadvantage in a way for your for your goaltending too. I I just I don't know if there are many goalies in the league where I feel super confident to be like ah they're going to have a good year. Mm. Like most, I don't know, goaltending's starting to get a little sketchy in the league. I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but like, does anyone really have a bona fide number one anymore? There's like six or seven teams. Well, I think it's by design, right? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that that's almost going to work as a disadvantage this year in a way. Okay. Uh, Your heart trophy pick? Uh, Oh, Panarin. He's going to have ninety points. Mm. So. Okay. Well, it's just in my universe where this is all happening. Sure. How would he not win the Hart Trophy if he got ninety points on a team that I'm sitting across from a guy right now who's telling yeah. me that they're not a good team? So if he well, does this this year, they're a fine team. They're just not a playoff team. If if he does this this year, how do you not give him the Hart Trophy? You know, I guess because Hart Trophy winners don't miss the playoffs. I have them fourth. What I'm told. <laughs> I have them I, fourth. Yeah, They're a playoff team. Yeah, that's gonna be a Panarin. That's gonna be a battle. To finish the Bradman to finish fourth in that division. The Bradman. Yeah, uh, I got a little kid by the name of uh, Austin Matthews. Oh, and I'm, fuck! And I'm, no, look, look. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. <laughs> look, I said it. I'm, I'm sorry. It's happening. He's gonna lead the league in goals, and now he's playing on the penalty kill. Sign me up. I don't know. Like he's he's gonna like this this we're talking about a first place team in the division. Where the goaltending will probably well, be They won forty five games this year. 
Yeah. Right? With, with a team that... 56. The, the goaltending is going to be... Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be good enough. So who's standing out? Yeah, it's fucking Austin Matthews. What we're talking about here. It's the best goal scorer. He's going to have that that one weird Ovechkin year where he just... Ovechkin won the heart, but it's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have. But like, he was so clearly the reason that Washington even made the playoffs. Because I think it was the year after that that Washington missed. Where it was like... Do you think it's going to be one of those years where the Leafs underachieve in some regards? And therefore, Austin Matthews' brilliance is actually going to get recognized. I, I think the defense is going to be status quo. I think the goaltending is going to take about a, a half a step back. And I think Austin Matthews is going to take a half a step forward over the course of a season where he's playing the same six teams yeah. that he's going to pick apart. You know, like I, it's not even like a homer take. It's just it's one of those things. Like Ryan Lambert said it on says it on Puck Soup all the time, actually. That he, it's not like he thinks Austin Matthews is underrated, but he also is like very, very, like vehemently agrees that Austin Matthews doesn't get enough due. Like yeah. he, he doesn't get enough respect outside of the fan base for how good he actually is because he isn't blisteringly fucking fast. And, and that is part of what people measure, like who's good and who's not in the league because every highlight. McDavid is on TSN every fucking night scoring a goal where he blows past everyone and it's like yeah he does look very good on the highlight reel at the end of the he night he is for sure. very fast he's a very good highlight player no doubt about it he but, can skate uh, you watch him 25 minutes a night he, he and, disappears and, sometimes and right? That's, and that's another guy Matthews where... is a guy that genuinely is getting to like got to the level last year the year before or whatever where he was an elite defensive player like elite defensive player among the top 15 defensive forwards in the league last year and he scored what 47 goals in 70 games or something like that like what the fuck are we talking about where where we're in a league where it's just like oh you know what i don't know if austin matthews even the best forward on that team what the fuck are you talking about he's the uh i would say third maybe fourth best player in the fucking nhl he's for sure the best player on his team it's not even close, and I think Mitch Marner's pretty good. He was a pandemic away from being the fourth player in a hundred plus year old franchise to score fifty goals. And we're talking about him not being the best player on his team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You have the conversation all the time with people who clearly don't watch the Leafs play very often or haven't watched them play in a year where they say that Austin Matthews isn't that good. And I don't get it. Like, I honestly, I don't... I watched, I watched every minute he was on the ice last year. Whether I watched it at the time, or watched it when I was sitting here at home for fucking four months uh, during the pandemic, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'll watch this Leaf game from March that I have no recollection of watching mm-hmm. right before everything got shut down. And then I watched it. Like, I watched every minute he played last year. He's fucking incredible. He does something amazing every time he's on the ice. And... Five, ten years ago, we were all having a conversation when Jonathan Taves would put up 30 goals and 40 assists in 82 games. And everyone would be like, oh man, but he's so... Look how he does the little things. And look how good he is defensively. Austin Matthews, same fucking player, and he's almost scored 50 goals last year. And and he's not in that conversation? Like, I, I don't get it. It's, it's this whole thing where people are so sick of hearing about him. So am I! I don't want to hear about the Leafs any more than anyone else. I'm a fucking fan of the team. But everyone takes these biases and holds them against their their players. 
And at least in the case of Austin Matthews, I think it's unfair. Mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. He's he's McKinnon, uh, McDavid at least offensively, and maybe Sidney Crosby are the only three players in the league that I think are are better than him. And I'm on the fence on Crosby because I think his team's going to be bad this year. So there you go. All right, those are our award. Uh picks that are going to be really wrong in about four months so please bookmark this let us know how we fucked up and why you will no longer listen to the laced up podcast that's fair Uh, i'm going to forego my quiz and we'll jump straight to the overrated underrated favorite least favorite for this week breakfast foods because the season's starting you want to get off to a good start just like you want to get off to a good start Every morning uh, at home, really when you wasn't, wake up, wasn't a bad transition, honestly. Put the pot of coffee on, brew yourself a cup, and let's get going here with breakfast foods. Your overrated breakfast food, sir. Um, it's it's probably buttermilk pancakes for me. Okay, I never really had a buttermilk pancake where I was just like, "Wow, this <laughs> this is unreal." Like all it is is a sponge for syrup. And it's just like I like I, oh I'll get up early tomorrow I'm making pancakes. It's like okay, so they're gonna be like banana chocolate chip or something. It's like well no I'm just gonna make a pancake. Nah pancakes need something else man. They can't drive their own bus and let me tell you syrup doesn't have the keys either. Like they, you need something else going on in there. I think it's overrated. Uh, they're they're fine but they don't they don't do that much for me. Okay yeah. Uh, uh, on a similar track, my overrated is waffles. Oh, yeah, interesting. Just pancakes with syrup traps. So that's the thing too, though, is like I would rather have I would if if we're not doing anything to them other than just putting syrup on them. I'd rather have a waffle than a pancake. I'd rather have fruit on my waffles than a pancake. Like it's just in any scenario where it's like I could have a pancake. It's like yeah, but I'd rather have a waffle. Like to me, I'd rather have them. I think it depends on where you draw the line. Because, like, okay. if I if I could have a Finn pancake... This is ridiculous conversation. <laughs> if I could have a Finn pancake, like, get the fuck out of here. No, I do draw the line. I, those are different. Those are not... That's not a buttermilk okay, pancake. Okay, so, like, like, fruit with waffles is different than waffles, then. Okay, no, I see I see your point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A, a plain waffle with fuck syrup. It. Fuck it. Overrated. That's what you're saying. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Underrated. Uh, my underrated is Finn pancakes. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why, but they're way better. <laughs> like, can't exactly explain why they're so much better than buttermilk pancakes, other than they're just thinner and they're tastier. <laughs> like, what is there not to love? They're unbelievable. I, I, I'm 28 years old now. I just turned 28 last month. I have never in my life tried to make thin pancakes. Mm. And I'm very nervous for the first time I do. Because nothing gets me more excited in the morning than finding out I'm having Finn pancakes. And the disappointment on my face when I inevitably ruin it the first time I ever make it is going to be crushing for whoever else is there. Hmm. But it it's going to hurt. My sister that does not listen to the podcast, so I can speak candidly about her, cool. uh, is engaged to a, a Finnish lad. And I stayed with her in her home about a year ago and she told me she was making Finnish pancakes tomorrow morning for breakfast. Oh no. And I was very worried. And she fucking killed it. 
Really? Like, oh my god. I like That's not where I thought that was going. Don't don't you fucking tell her. But like that was the proudest I've ever been of my little baby sister is when I woke up the next morning and she didn't ruin the Finn pancakes. I was like, okay, no, you've made it in life. I don't I don't care if you have a job or if if you have like, you know, a home or or anything to your name. You you made some pretty good Finn pancakes. Good 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 for you. That's good. I'm I'm proud. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my underrated is French toast. Underrated is French toast. I, you, think, you think it's underrated? Yeah, I, I think that there's this. I weird, don't think it's overrated. I just. I think there's this like this weird divide with people where they're like, "What should you make for breakfast?" It's like, "Ah, oh, pancakes," and it's like, "Okay, what about French toast?" And like, "That's too much work." It's like, "Well, it's that's about the same amount of work." Um, I think it's. I think it's arguably easier. And you are a sensible man, my friend. So. Uh, I've met many a person. It, the bread's already made. You don't have to do anything else. I, I have met many a person who are like, that's too much work to make French toast. Is it? I don't want to go to that length to make French toast. So I never get to have French toast when I'm in these... Like, have you ever been to a hotel continental breakfast where they have French toast? Fuck no, you haven't. Because they have these weird pancake and waffle yeah. machines. So like... Have you ever had good breakfast at a hotel? Because I've been at a hotel like that has a restaurant in the hotel, and their breakfast is awful. Yeah. Your uh, favorite. Ugh. Let's talk about something happy. Your favorite yeah. breakfast. Uh, Eggs Benedict. That sounds complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've uh, tried to make it a few times. It's uh, It's not the easiest thing to make. So I have a lot of respect for people who do know how to make it good. Uh, it's all in the hollandaise sauce, you know? Mm, you know, I for hate. me, like, do you? It, it's one of those things where it's like a poutine. It's all in the gravy. You know, if the gravy's not good, there's no point. Same thing with the Eggs Benedict. And I would even go specifically to say Eggs Benedict uh, with ham and a little spinach on it. And then a good hash brown. It's got to be a good hash brown as like a side. That's number one for me, man. I'll take it every day. I could eat that. I could eat it every day. I, I, I want to like it, but I, I can't get past the hollandaise sauce. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I I it's not for everyone. It's not one of those things where if I find out someone doesn't like it, I think I think it's fucked up. Like uh, hollandaise sauce, you can only really use it on a few different things. Otherwise, it doesn't really work. You know. Uh, along similar lines, hold the hollandaise sauce. My favorite is just your generic granny. Farm fed, everybody's best friend scrambled eggs. Are you eggs. talking about eating your grandma? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's granny. Farm fed, everyone's best friend. <laughs> yeah. Matriarch of the family. Um, scrambled eggs is scrambled your favorite. Eggs. Yeah. That's bold considering you didn't eat eggs till like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you toss some hot sauce in that bitch. Let's go. Eggs eggs are a really nice base for anything because they're they're not anything. <laughs> they don't really taste like anything. They're just kind of, you know. Like they do taste, but you know what I mean? <sighs> they're so good. Like how do you describe the taste of an egg? You describe the texture more than anything, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tastes like breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Tastes like breakfast. Throw a little bit of dill in it. Tastes like breakfast with dill in it. You know? Dill. You don't put dill in your scrambled eggs ever? No. It's nice. Don't, uh, don't put too much. Just a little I bit. I don't know if I'd like that. Oh. 
Now paprika. We'll wait, we'll wait another 28 years and maybe you can fucking mix it up. Maybe <laughs> right. you can fucking really mix it up. Okay, your least favorite. All right. I, I kind of feel bad with this choice. Just hear me out, okay? My least favorite is cinnamon rolls. Here's why. Is that a breakfast? That's exactly why. Because, <laughs> because you, you go... You go to like a hotel continental breakfast <laughs> and they're there. And it's like, maybe when you're, maybe when you're on a trip, you know, it's like, all right, whatever. You're kind of just doing whatever. But it's like, at no point do I want to make a conscious decision where the first thing that I eat of the day, I just think to myself, holy fuck, I had dessert already. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Just, just least favorite. Still nice. But it ruins my day mentally when I have. <laughs> you know what? And like saying that and, and laughing at you, I, I do have to admit that when I worked at a grocery store for 10 years, for about five of those years, we had like an open bakery where you could buy sure. one thing instead of like a bulk fucking 12 pack of donuts. Mm-hmm. And like I used to get a cinnamon roll every like once in a while because they were mm-hmm. fucking delicious. Yeah. Freshly baked it. You know, 9 a.m. So, I like them. But I've never considered them breakfast for some reason. Yeah. It's a similar vein for me. Like, the only reason I didn't choose muffins is because I eat them so fucking often as breakfast. But it's another one of those things where... Well, I don't anymore. But when I was a student... You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'd i get out of bed. I'd go to school. I'd sit through a class. I'd listen to my stomach roar for 90 minutes of the class. And then I'd think to myself, I gotta eat something. I'm going to get a coffee, so what am I going to eat for breakfast? Well, we have muffins or muffins. Yeah. <laughs> we have muffins or you can go to the cafeteria and get sushi and fucking pizza and, and ice cream. <laughs> like it's the interview. Yeah. I Muffins and cinnamon rolls both, either way, it's just one of those things. I eat them, I'm full, and then like half an hour later I'm like, why didn't I eat something healthier? Like why didn't I just have a bowl of yogurt? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Cinnamon rolls because they are a bad decision, not because they aren't delicious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite is, um, I don't know, shredded wheat. Any anything wheat-based cereal, and any 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 cereal that it's like, I feel that I'm chewing whatever Nebraska was yeah. left over <laughs> from Bow Water. I feel like, like I'm eating Nebraska for breakfast. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Like. We get a buddy that works in the mill. Like, if he just showed the back door with, like, a bag, and it's like, this is what I didn't use today. Have a breakfast and add milk. Like, that's what I feel like shredded wheat is. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. It's not, that's fair. Like, why do we why do we do that to ourselves? There's so many better options out there. Yeah. Have a bland muffin. Even even a brand, a, a bland, uh, sorry, a, a bland brand muffin is better than... Wheat. Where do you stand on oatmeal? Love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the... Like, I thought about putting it on there, but I didn't really know where to put it kind of thing. But I, I've eaten oatmeal so often as breakfast, but, like, sometimes the the sugary, like, the cheap little packages that your parents used to buy for you and just throw together for a quick little breakfast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or even just, like, the plain stuff on the stovetop, it all gets the job done. Like, even when it's not tasty, and it's easy to spice it up. You know, not maybe not literally, but like it's easy to to you know add flavor to it. It's such a you know, it's an easy going thing. Brown sugar. It's like eggs. You just do whatever you want. Brown Rolling, sugar, exactly. Rolling whatever you stones. want to do. Brown sugar. 
Okay. That's good. Okay. Okay. We're All good? Right. Yeah, season preview. The 2021 season. Uh, reminder, we are not calling it the 2020, no, 2021 season. Yeah. 2020 didn't happen. Yeah, we heard you, Cranky. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have nothing to plug except this podcast. So. Yeah, I'm I'm also uh, boring at the moment, so. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll have more to tell you about next time. Yeah, looking forward to talking about uh, which games did and didn't happen this week. Just waiting to see what happens with COVID, really. Mm. And uh, <laughs> not try, much. I, I've been waiting for about ten minutes or ten months for something to happen, and try to try to do try to survive the next week of of Trump land uh, best you can. Oh folks. yeah, it's so, our American friends. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that. Leave us alone. I think about it.